Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, see it all together if you're with me now. Nerds ruin everything. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And we're going to ruin just a whole bunch of stuff today. It was an incredible TV week. Um, Just from sheer volume of things that got dropped on us. Um, But uh, we're going to start out with a surprise that I haven't even texted Adam about. So... Um, I always I love I love surprises. So, all right. So, I said I was out. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. So the social media surge has (laughs) got brought brought you back to to good old Velma. Um. Yeah. So it got (laughs) put up like the the they're still dropping them off two episodes at a time. Which yes. means just shows you like they can't have that much faith to to just drop it two at a time. Like yes. the f- first few, yeah, but like <clears throat> to keep doing it. Anyway, so I saw something online about Scooby is finally introduced into Velma. Oh so okay. I, of course it piques my interest because yeah. the show is so far off base intentionally of what Mm -hmm. the scooby gang was that like what is scooby in this universe um so i i had to like the curiosity was killing me so (laughs) i had to watch the episodes and it's still not good but but on the level of like how bad it was for the first four episodes versus mm-hmm. how just not good it is for these two episodes, it was a massive jump in quality. That is actually saying a lot. Like we like that's that is actually saying a lot. Now is it because Scooby comes in? Yeah. Or... Sco- Scooby is not a uh dog <laughs> so okay okay so what is it's what, an acronym sco- for something <laughs> oh my fucking god are you kidding uh, me dude no it's very strange and okay. it it doesn't it like it didn't that part didn't excite me at all i was just like uh okay whatever <clears throat> i don't really understand where you're gonna go with that but mm-hmm. uh but like the the jokes took a, like a little bit of a jump in quality. Um, mm. th- there's this whole new development where Fred is now like Velma convinced Fred to read. I, I think it was in like episode four to read mm. a feminist uh, handbook, and so now he's declaring himself a feminist but he's also being a feminist in the worst possible way like the the way that a dude bro would be a feminist and it's just like it it's kind of funny (laughs) so oh man um 
it, I'm still not saying anybody should watch the show. Yeah. But it, it was a pretty decent leap in quality. Not okay. still not enough for for it to be like the 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 whole uh, the whole show itself is just still not not great. Um, and there's a lot of like off the cuff like oh hey by the way I'm hot for Daphne kind of stuff that I'm like it just it just doesn't really work you know um yeah oh. and, and it's it's it feels weird coming down on that thing because like mm-hmm. it's something that does work in Harley Quinn but like in Harley Quinn it feels like an actual relationship and this yes. it feels like a teenager who's just horny and confused <laughs> and like oh, you know okay okay um all right that's that's a very interesting rub um so i and, so it might it might have me for for two more episodes <laughs> okay um i wonder if this like okay so like l- let me ask this like does it appear that maybe this is possibly one of those things where they're not they didn't read they didn't read the room well and they should have just released this as an entire fucking season because if there's a if it's a if it's a build up and you start one place that's super terrible and you allow people to actually watch something like there's this ground like it, it starts off one place and it ends in another right so you start off your characters with the worst possible versions of them and they come to a point where they're no longer that worst version um what like, like, it becomes one of those things where I honestly, um, I, I wonder, is that something that can, that it, it's something that's happening, right? Like, it's not just a, um, whatchamacallit, it's not just a, I hate to use the word slow build, but there's something going on more, and it should actually be it should actually be like allowed to like actually have breathing room to see what happens. Yeah. I, I think releasing it all at once probably would have been to its benefit either way, because mm-hmm. if it is just all out and out terrible, then mm-hmm. it's there and it's talked about for that length of time. And it once it's over it's over but continuing to release episodes and then mm-hmm. not being great like it just it keeps it in the conversation every week it's like oh mm-hmm. wait there's two more episodes of elma it's still not good um you know it, so that that's i think not releasing it all at once in this is the rare case where it's absolutely to its detriment um, because if it does go someplace good, by the time you get to the tenth episode, and, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh shit, this turned out to be really good," you're anybody that cared, you've you've burned that bridge. So, mm. you know. um, but yeah, again, not okay. saying that anybody should, you know, go back and watch it. But I didn't hate these two episodes, and. I, I'm still a little bit interested in where they take the Scooby thing. So, is it like know. a computer program? Yeah, like, kind of. Oh God! 
So it's an AI uh, or something like that. They didn't really get too much into it. You just find out okay. that it's an acronym for something. Um, oh, Jesus. And okay. there's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, you know, I might, I might, I probably won't bring it up again next week, but by the time the, like when we get to the finale, I, I'm probably mm-hmm. just going to stick with the next four episodes to see what happens. And okay. I'll, I'll report back on the finale. Uh, speaking okay. of uh, second chances, um, you 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 weren't as high on the premiere of the new Night Court as I was, but no. you you did stick in for the third episode. And oh, absolutely! Yeah, you texted me. Uh, that made me so happy, and I I agree. Like I I I. I think we're pretty I was pretty much in agreement with you on the mm-hmm. the, the rocky start. I, I think I was just more forgiving. Um and probably because I've been, been why binge watching. Binge watching the <laughs> yeah, the first yeah. series. Which like if I had had like I feel like so I like I, I'm we're slow rolling with like this this has to do with like our, our other conversation about uh that nineties show. Um, and we're slow rolling that we're doing a couple of episodes at a time and stuff. And what I'm finding is, is that if you have enough background context, and this is for night court also, like, like the one, the one big disqualifying, the the one big imbalance between the two is, is that I, I've in the last three or four years have inactively watched that 70s show, um, on Netflix, um for a time so like i got i still have that vibe in my head so that when it came to watching that 90s show even though it's still like you know it's a pretty basic premise i had a lot of the characters and like the 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 table set for me to enjoy the 90 that 90s show more than than night court because i hadn't i hadn't seen night court in God, it's been since the '90s, I think, or maybe the early 2000s when they were when Nick at Night was doing reruns. I think that's the last time. So it's been 20 years. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, this one actually, my issues with it, like my issues with the show, um, have been temporarily subsided because the writing elevated on this episode. I feel like everything. Like the way that it was set up was like the way that they set the table on this one really kind of like it kind of soared in a way that I wasn't expecting because it felt like it felt like some they brought something a little bit different and a little bit skewed. And we learned a lot about like we learned about character without learning about character. And I love that the most. That's like my favorite thing is don't give me don't give me moments where characters they kind of explain themselves, but don't give me moments where give me something unexpected. Right. And yeah. I feel like the thing between like this bonds, Dan and um, judge yeah. Anderson. Yeah. More than anything else like that, that made me like, I was like, why didn't they have this as the second episode? Like, yeah, do you kind of know what I, I mean? I agree. I agree. Um, this um, felt more like a solid second episode. Um, yes. The pilot, I, I mean, but like, it's weird how actually classic sitcom that is. Because, like, if yes. you think about something 
like even more recent as like Seinfeld, the pilot of Seinfeld is nothing like the rest of the show uh, other than Jerry. Like, because yeah. George is way more competent in the pilot. Oh <laughs> like, my God. You know, he gets, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And um, it's really not until like the third episode because then the second episode of Seinfeld feels more like what should be the pilot. And then mm-hmm. the third episode is what the show kind of can become, you know? Yes. Um, it, uh, it's it's weird how Dyke Court has followed. Like, it seems like it's followed that. Like, the pilot, mm-hmm. uh, Rocky, but, like, I get what you're doing. The second episode feels more like a first episode. Um, mm-hmm. And then this felt like, oh, okay, this is what the series can be and what it can build on you know yeah. like it's no absolutely kind of finding it everybody finds their rhythm you know oh definitely like like um i was i was thinking about it in my head and like the way that i i would have described it is is that the pilot is actually issue zero in a comic because issue zeros usually have nothing to do except for give you context for things like table like, day as an avenger Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's what that feels like in episode or episode two feels like an issue one. And this one feels like an ep- like an issue two where like you have the formula, you have the structure, you have the context. And now let's go ahead and do this. But let's do it in our way. Like that's the big thing I feel like that I I got from this is that they had all the tropes like. They they had all of the they had multiple storylines, but they just all worked because they were contextually about the characters and not about like archetypes. Like I guess that's what the thing is, is that we set the they like with the first like with the first two episodes, which really should have been a one two, like shouldn't have been a one two. It should have been a it should have been an hour long premiere. It, they should have called the first one uh, the first and second like a a pilot like the pilot right yeah because this one feels like 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 you said like let's move forward um and it's an it episode just, in in true like classic sitcom fashion like there while there is a continuity to the episodes mm-hmm. the sitcoms were were it the goal for a lot of shows was always to get to a certain number of episodes hit syndication you know that build your numbers mm-hmm. Like, but those episodes need to be, you need to be able to just drop in on the episode without having, like, needing to know a ton of context for anything. You know, even if there's some continuity, like, things in there, like, it it, it needs to be vague enough and, you know, that that you can just kind of get the gist of it. And that's what this episode does. Yeah. No, absolutely. In a lot of ways, it's like soap operas. It's, it's like anybody can pick up a soap opera right now because they give you enough. Like it, it it's vague enough, but though it's it's mythologized that you can kind of eventually pick it up so you know what's happening. Um, and it does that kind of. It does that very well. It does the plug and play very well, like that formula, but. It gives you just enough to where if you watch the first two episodes, the first two episodes pay it pay it forward on the third episode. And likewise, the, the third episode pays back for everything that you kind of 
you you worked not you worked through but you definitely like it's not even it's not i hate using that like i hate using thing like words that will make it sound like it's a chore because night court is definitely not a chore it like like I laugh constantly in this show. Like that's what I try to keep on reminding people is that this is a funny fucking show. This is this is good work. And the third episode, it just felt right. Like I told you, like as soon as as soon as we figured out what Dan and Abby's relationship was gonna be, like yeah. and how they were gonna tie against what their what their pool ball was gonna be, because it wasn't Harry. Like, and that 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 really bothered me that they that it almost felt like they were going to try to attempt that but then with the of service and dan figuring out everything but then also it being tied to dan's life and i'm not going to ruin it like we do ruin everything here but like you know i will make the exception there's a a great emotional beat in the third episode that um yeah it like it caught me off guard man I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Like I did not see that coming. That whole conversation, and like it, it was it it pitch perfect, man. Pitch. Oh perfect. yeah. When like he walks back into her office, and like asks her that question, and I was like, wait, what's going on? And yeah. like I, I it floored me, and like it it transitions from that like. Uh, you know, joke, joke, you know, ha 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 ha, like to like mm-hmm. it, almost like a Bill Lawrence kind of thing, which that's something very he's much incredibly so. good at is like this is so funny, and then emotional gut punch, you know, like yep. anybody that no, likes no, scrubs, you know, knows like that. That's what that show was joke, 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 joke. Oh, god, why am I crying? Exactly. And and like we're gonna talk about something, you know, we're gonna be talking about Bill Lawrence's latest and yeah, that's also set the set the table for something that's probably going to be very special and also very heartbreaking. But going back to going going back to Night Court, that moment really made it sore, but also like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like take so the actual the actual like other parts the b and c stories like with the internal affairs yeah the um, neil and olivia like those two characters in the first two episodes those two characters felt very much like shit i do not know if they can hit it with those characters because they felt just too much every time they were on screen like it was almost like a look at me, look at me kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. you're going way too hard with these characters. But, like, they really kind of find their rhythm in this third episode, you know. Um, they they really do. And, like, if this is the kind of stuff that we're going to be seeing, the level at which they're they're able to juggle everything tonally i'm i'm here for it and to be perfectly honest like this is the kind of stuff that like it makes you like this is why this is what i missed like i didn't really realize until this episode how much i missed john larroquette in all of his incarnations on tv yeah but this is the this is the john larroquette that i missed that I was like, oh yeah, I grew up with this dude. I grew up with him on the John Larroquette show, and this is the kind of way that he kind of navigated the comedy 
like the comedy spectrum as a lead and they've like, you know, and it, it does help that he's producing it with uh, Melissa Roush and, and her husband. Um, that all, like, from top to bottom makes me feel like like they understand John Larroquette as much as they understand. Now, like, this episode also is, like, great for, it's great for everybody, but specifically for Dan and, uh, like, Dan and Abby as characters because it allows Dan to be somebody completely different. But it and also it, and it gives Abby. you a reason why he's yes. completely different, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that that moment where he shares with her, like that's that's something that's just enough, but not enough. Like it's just a taste yeah. of what he reveals. But it also gives you, okay, this is a this is this is like it, it, in which case it kind of parallels. It's a really weird thing because it. Like watching this so close to shrinking, like it was interesting to like like yeah. see kind of certain parallels there in what they're going to be dealing with. Um, but yeah, like um, but Abby also Abby coming out of the 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 Harry Stone or the the Harry is it Stone? Yeah, it's Harry Stone. Yeah. I keep on Harry Anderson, Harry Stone shadow to be her own person, but also like give you the true context of the reason why she's there yeah. and. It, it doesn't feel stupid. Like, like it doesn't feel like a plot point, which it, it all like, to be honest, that absolutely should. But the way that they write it and the, the way that she performs it is so like such oh, a they, kind of like, yeah, they, they nail it, man. Like I said, it, yeah. it's so pitch perfect the way you find out what you find out that mm-hmm. like it floored me. Like you know, so many shows like uh, drama or comedy are bad about like just broadcasting that crap like so soon like you know they yeah. they don't you know they, mm-hmm. they, there's no subtlety to it and this was like because it, it's really just in a phrase is how dan realizes what's going on and mm-hmm. like if you I, I, it's one of those things that now nah, i'm not but i have friends that are that yes. they, they would immediately have recognized that. And when it's brought up, it, it's like, and I know we're dancing around it, but it really is like, if you're listening to this, go to Peacock and watch the first three episodes. And, or don't even watch the first three episodes. Just watch episode three of the new yeah. Night Court. Like, it, it was so good. Um, and I, I mentioned... Uh, last week about American Auto coming back and it's funny yes. because that's I, I'm a big fan of Justin Spitzer and his produced stuff of the last five to seven years or so um, mm-hmm. Superstore I thought was just such a brilliant show uh, and so I was all in on American Auto and then I watched the premiere season two premiere and it was the exact mm-hmm. opposite of what we're talking about with oh. Night Court in that like I had forget like so much of the comedy is based on what happened last season that I was mm-hmm. like, I don't remember any of this. Like I remember the characters, but like they're still oh. dealing with the situation from <laughs> from last season. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so like I feel like I have to go rewatch season one to Or at make... least the last last couple of episodes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it was kind of disappointing. So, um, 
yeah, that's whatever. Um, n- nothing major to talk about. Um, I'm, honestly, I was shocked the show got a season two, um, just because mm-hmm. I didn't think it was as strong as Superstore. But uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, Night Night Court. Uh, yeah, uh, I I can't can't say enough about this episode. Like I'm I'm glad they're they're killing it. I, I if they stay on this yes. run, man. It will be, I think it'll be the hit of the season. I really do. Like, it's doing so well. Like, I I will have, yes. we'll probably have a season two pickup by next week. It's doing so well. Yes, and that, and that actually makes me happy. As happy as I am that, um, that the Last of Us guys have some breathing room. Because they also got announced for a season two this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I mean, we knew was coming, but like, like my my wife was t- talking to me about it. She's like, "Why so soon?" I was like, "It's to let the fans know that they can settle down and go. At least we're going to have at least two seasons here." Yeah, like you know, like I, I didn't want to tell her. Well, you know, um, like I, Zaz could take this all away in like two yeah. seconds. But, <laughs> but um, but at the same time, yeah. And I mean, that was a great. It was a great episode of Last of Us, man. Like I am, I, I'm, I was trepidatious, but like I'm, I'm in on this show, man. Like I, I'm a little sad that if you didn't watch it, I mean, we're gonna ruin it. So I'm a little yes. sad that Anna Torv exited. <laughs> um, I was enjoying she literally. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I thought we were gonna get. A lot more of her, but I know that there's a ton of guest stars coming. Um, they yes. did a ex- like. Okay, so I I know I I'm not the only one comparing it to The Walking Dead, but I know I'm I'm probably going to keep comparing it to The Walking Dead. Oh, which which absolutely it should because like like okay, so for me it's like it keeps them on their toes and it keeps them honest. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, the Walking I, Dead. You <laughs> dead? Yeah, exactly. Because These things fuck, are scary, I mean, come on. man. Like, that's this is the one thing that The Walking Dead could not do. And, and you know what's like, it blows oh, okay, my mind. There, no, no. It's just, oh, just that it's scary. The I know yeah. they're big mushroom headed, like, so they're more creaturey than the zombies in The Walking Dead, but that has nothing to do with it. it it's no. the tension. Like they're yes. so good at building up tension. Like, well, okay. So, how much did you love the like? How like so like these opening like these opening like little great. inner souls, they, right? They, like they and, they need to keep doing that every episode. I really do hope they do that because this one was set in Thailand, and when she, when the when the um when the fungi uh ologist or whatever you want to call it, the fungi doctor when she when she when she gets asked by the general like what you what do you need what do we need to do bomb it mm-hmm. like she says that but the the part that doesn't they that kicked me in the junk was can you take me home i would like to be with my family at the end yeah. like she knew she couldn't fucking escape and this dude is just sitting there going oh man like, like that's how problematic the yeah. the issue was. Um. So yeah, no, 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 no. Um. It's like it's beyond Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, who like 
do amazing work here. Like, I know that I think that we like, I don't know if we talked about it, but there have been chatter about like, oh, yeah, you know, Joel doesn't like, you know, why do you get why do you get Zaddy or Daddy like Pedro Pascal to play a guy who's supposed to be in his 50s? And I'm like, because he's Pedro fucking Pascal and he can fucking act the shit out of it. This episode, like, almost felt like they knew that the shit was coming about him being, like, the age gap. And, like, just the little moments, like, it, like, both him and Anna Torv during the whole thing with this, with Bella Ramsey, like, shut the fuck up, kid. Let us, let us kind of, like, just sit for a moment. Like, the whole thing of, like, showing what real age is, like, that hit me hard. Like, that hit me, like, but in the best possible way, where they're just sitting there, like, and... You don't often see characters that are like our age or a little bit older, like do that. They're not, they're always superheroes. Right. But like they're sitting there talking about their, their knees and their ankles. And I just kind of like felt like you see fandom. This is what happens when you're in a, in the hands of a good storyteller. This is what you get. Like you get these moments that you're, you always question because they do the same damn thing. Like, they do the same, like, oh, okay, you know what? Let's have this, because we're tired of seeing these guys being superheroes. Um, I loved that. I loved that moment of, like, I'm old, kid. Give me some time. Um, Or I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, you know, um, or the kiss. Like, like the kiss is, like, like that kiss was disturbing, but, like, people are acting like, why did she do that? And it's like because the fungi was getting a hold of her brain and she was trying to fucking, she was trying her hardest to not like, let that take over her. Like, come on guys. Like, why aren't you seeing this stuff? Like, it's weird to watch like the micro criticisms of the show by people that are just looking for things to complain about. Like it, it it makes it nice because it it, like lets you counter, but, um, I, I like it all because it's like, like I said, it's keeping them honest um, and, and it's keeping them in a point where like, it's just elevating everything. And that's what I love. Like, like I could never tell you why I didn't like the walking dead after like the first two seasons, I could kind of put a general thumb on it, but like the last of us is like my counter argument. It's like, you know, that stupid, like, you know, those stupid yeah. memes where people are pointing at things that that's me. Like, this is the reason why I didn't like the one head because it's not this because I right, want this, this is what it could have been, you know? Yes, exactly. And you well, can totally do this on a basic cable network. Like you can, you can pull out some of the blood. You can pull out the swearing like you don't you can lose those things you have to lose to air on a show or to air a network on a network like AMC and not lose what's making the show great cuz it's not the kid saying fuck <laughs> does not yeah. make the show great you know no it, it, that is definitely not what makes it great like um and i don't know like it's just i feel like like i feel like we're we're at the beginning, like, okay, so, like, um, you know, like, some people felt about House of Dragons, how it's like, oh, we're gonna, we're, we're at the beginning of something special, and I was just like, fart noise, yeah, poop noise, like, because, like, I just didn't care for it, 
like this feels like something special. Like it, it like it feels like the way that I felt about the Mandalorian after a couple of episodes. It's the way that I I felt about Game of Thrones after a little bit more. Like the first five episodes when I can when I saw the quality wasn't waning. Um, this one I feel like if people are not on it, they need to get on it right now because if you're if you're wanting the next new show. You want the next new, like, you know, meme or gift show that's going to give you all the gifts but give you context. This is the show. Like, this for the next couple of months is the show um, uh, that everybody is going to watch more and more and more because it's that good. People are going to tell you it's that good. And we're telling you in advance. It's good. You're going to be – you're going to have at least 20 episodes of this. Yeah. Um, and that might And that might be enough to tell the – that's enough to tell the first chapter of the game. So, um, well, like, they, uh, the 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 game, the creator of the game that's working on Neil Druckmann. Show, yeah, yeah. He has said that season two is going to adapt the second game. Oh, that's interesting then, because then that leaves okay, okay. Um, so the first season now they could walk that. Yeah, they could walk that back, but um, I, I, it was in the news where he said, "Well, we're the second okay. game is going to be season two, um, which I, I know some spoilery stuff from the second game that mm-hmm. that I was like, huh, well, <laughs> okay, um, <clears throat> some people may not be happy." So. <laughs> no, they they will not. Like this is gonna like I told you, it's gonna be a heartbreaking show. Like yeah. it's going to be a very disturbing, very not disturbing, but it's going to be a heartbreaking show in the way that shows that are like this are should be built to lose people because that's the emotional crux of the show. That's like its thesis is that you lose things, but you you gain strength from losing them. Because there's like, you know, there's no other choice than to push on, right? Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm uh I mean, even for the the finale. Okay, so like now that I know that it's contextually probably this the, the end of season one is the end of game one, that's gonna be interesting. Like the way that they set every like the way that things happen at the end of the game and give you some some endings, but like you know, leaving certain things, but also the things that are gonna be gone. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. That sounds wow. Uh, people are going to be very upset, which is a good thing, though. You should yeah. be upset with a show like this. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like, uh, and you know, again, not to keep comparing it to The Walking Dead, but like, yeah, that that was something that I think that show tried to do right is keep mm-hmm. you on your toes with uh, like not everybody can survive this kind of yeah tactics but again it was something they always broadcast in a way that like like okay you're not really keeping me on my toes if i know hey glenn is going to get his head bashed in in this episode like yeah you know it's not the to compare it to game of thrones the uh, og game of thrones it's not the fucking red wedding man like that was something unless you're a book reader you didn't know it was coming. That wasn't broadcast. Like, I didn't read the books. That called me off guard. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know, I did not yeah. see any of that coming. So, you know, and that's what this, I feel like this show is doing, also doing really well. Is like, I didn't I didn't see Anna Torv exiting the show <laughs> by, 
you know, uh, mushroom suicide or whatever. Like, Side, yeah. didn't see that coming. So. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And, and um, yeah, no, I, I just, like, it's going to be super exciting to see this more from the perspective of how they're going to adapt it. Because I can tell you right now, like, the interstoles and the other things that they're doing are like they're off game but that's okay like i'm okay with that like i'm okay with getting this in it's a very gamey thing because it's like so there's a lot of like i don't know if you know but like there's a lot of like low stakes search and stock to give you context so like there's always like these vhs recordings or these like you know mp3 player recordings or news clippings that you gather but like like any game it gives you kind of context for uh, the larger universe. I love the fact that these, like these, like these epilogue, uh, like these uh, epilogues or whatever you want to call them at the beginning, are kind of like that, that but in a filmic form. Like Neil Druckmann, like I love him. Like he's like he's the guy that created uh, my favorite, my favorite game series. That's just from entertainment value, Uncharted. Do not, do not watch the movie with Tom Holland and say hi to your mother for me, Mark Wahlberg, because that is not, it's, oh. that is like the lowest rent Indiana Jones ripoff, <laughs> knockoff that you could possibly get. Like, so, that's like, yeah. Uh, but anyways. I'm, I'm curious. So uh, uh, you bringing up Uncharted made me, like, I, I meant to write down a couple of news stories and not to uh-huh. away from the TV shows. No, 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 absolutely. Two, a, a couple of news stories this week, I was like, oh, I should bring this up and ask Adam what he thinks about it. But you mentioning Uncharted, um, we, there was the announcement this week that we're getting a new Tomb Raider series from yes. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Waller-Bridge. Like, um... <laughs> So I need to see her Indiana Jones before I can kind of make context, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like Tomb Raider, maybe she's the key to unlock Tomb Raider, but I mean, you've had. Have we gone to that well too many times at this point? Yes, (laughs) we have. We've had three, what, three Tomb Raiders. The last one was acceptable because it was kind of lo-fi. Okay, so like my problem with, Tomb Raider is the same problem I have with the with the Indiana Jones, the newest Indiana Jones and Crystal Skull and also the one that I, the thing that I have with Uncharted. CGI nonsense does not fucking translate on an adventure film. Like I need to see like the original trilogy of Indiana Jones or any movie that was trying to rip off Romancing the Stone. Um, hell, even fucking Jewel of the Nile. I mean, come on. The Mummy. Yeah. Like, all of, all of these movies have one thing in common. Yes, they had special, they were special effects heavy, but there was a huge, huge component of real for real. What I mean by real for real, folks, R-E-A-L for R-E-E-L, which meant that they do it in camera. So, like, you know, Indiana Jones, like, you know, like, like for us, like, you and I, I think, uh, like... <laughs> You remember the, like, you probably remember as fondly as I do, the behind, the the Raiders of the Lost Ark special that all was about, like, the, like, 15 minutes of it was about Harrison Ford being dragged uh, underneath the truck 
and yeah. how they accomplished that. And then you got to know about the stuntmen and stuff, but it was primarily Harrison Ford and um, I think it was Vic Armstrong was his was his double back then um, and how they accomplished it. But it was all done real. That's my problem. Like right there is that none of this stuff is real anymore. There's no sense of danger, adventure, and like Phoebe Waller-Bridge can make the greatest witty British-based script because you know Laura Croft is British that she could possibly do. She could get the best actress for the job, but if it's a CGI nonsense-filled thing, I mean, because the last one had Alicia Vikander, Academy Award-winning actress Alicia yeah. Vikander, and she, it wasn't like she didn't try her hardest. It's just. You know, when you're around a bunch of CG, like I said, CGI nonsense, it doesn't help. Uh, Tom Holland, Tom Holland can be as good, like Tom Holland is a good Spider-Man because he interacts with the real world. And then they put the CGI, like, you know, costume around him, as we've seen behind the scenes. Um, I don't know, there's something that's lost in all of these things that really worry me that like Amazon's going to put 150 million behind it because that's who's doing it, I think, and they're going to put it behind 100 100 million behind CGI nonsense. I don't know. Like that. That's my thoughts on it. Um, like, what? Yeah, like, how do I, you feel? I. I want. And you can be, disagree with me, bro. I, I mean, want to be care. the guy. No, I. I don't. I don't really disagree with you. Um, I want to be the guy who's like. Holy shit, we're about to enter like the age of video game uh, live action adaptations. Mm-hmm. The way we entered into like, holy comic shit, books. they're getting comic book movies right. Like, they're yeah. really getting them right, you know? Like, they dipped their toe in the water with like 89 Batman and then mm-hmm. Batman Begins and then X Men and Spider Man. And then it was Kevin Feige's like, nope, this is how we do it. Boom, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I I want to be that guy who's like ahead of the curve and saying that, but <laughs> there's a lot of evidence to that fact. Like starting with Sonic from 2020, yeah. like it it was a fun movie. Now, not really a great adaptation of the game, but like. You can't really, like, you can adapt the comics. You can't really adapt the game, like, the or, or the animated series. The The game is so one note. Like, you, there's not, those yeah. original games don't have a lot of story to them. You know, you just get, like, some real basic stuff. So, I, I think they've done a good job with both Sonic movies of creating something new while also including stuff from all of the various Sonic universes. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have The Last of Us is really great. Mario looks like it's going to be good, at yes. least visually going to be good. Like, we're probably all going to be, like, eh, with the voice, but we'll see. Yeah. Like, um, I feel like that's going to be the, that's going to be the big one, is that, is that voice. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> Um, well, okay, so I like the new Mortal Kombat that, um, I uh, never that James it. I Wan... Heard, per- I heard it was good, but I never got around to watching it. It's good-ish. Like, it's good because it keeps the, like, 
it's interesting because like I liked it because it was R rated and you could see exactly the reason why it was fifty five million dollars because they didn't they the sets were literally the minimal sets that you needed, but the star wasn't that. It was the it it was the guys facing off against one another. Like James Wan was very smart to like create this this movie in a way that felt like the felt like the video game, but didn't necessarily it, it took some of the best parts of like the later video games with some of the story and imbued it into the into the game. Um he got real martial artists, but he also got real martial artists that knew how to act. Um and it's just it's a like it's an hour and 45 minutes that's a lot of fun really bloody um it's better than it's better than the hierarchy of rampage <laughs> i can tell you that much i fucking hated rampage um yeah that's you know, another one i didn't uh, watch i was like uh, monster, yeah, it's not monster, look, look like it's for me <laughs> yeah monsters hunters was terrible sonic detective or um um uh what is it uh a Detective Pokemon Pikachu. Detective Pikachu was like if there was a second movie where they actually hand they they had Ash and <clears throat> Pikachu doing the Pikachu stuff and the the Pokemon stuff, I would say this is a series to watch. But it's it's it, okay. So it's the same problem that I have with Free Guy, which is is that Ryan Reynolds is too much of a sarcastic ass uh, sometimes. Uh, yeah, to, I didn't enjoy to get Free in the Guy. way. I I, yeah. I just. I, overall, I thought it was kind of a like you know, it, it, yeah, it just w- wasn't that great. So no, um, I liked Doom. <laughs> like if we're talking like like if we're talking like video game adaptations, <clears throat> it's really weird because they're not fully. I mean, I'm in the back of the Resident Evil. Like I think we've talked about that. Like that's my that's my yeah. go-to die die on a hill. Stupid, like the original one with Mila Jovovich, right? Like um, the video game queen, um, but like there's a lot out there that's just. Tr- I mean, like as we talked about, trash, right? Like just literal trash. Like you watch it, you go, "What? Hit Why?" Man, Silent Hill. Oh, like Silent Hill. Yeah. yeah. Um, Need for Speed. Though I I have some yeah. kind of love for that movie, which it, it, has a part of it was nominated. filmed in my my hometown. So I have a oh, little it was, bit it was of filmed in Columbus. Uh yeah, uh so there's a, a a scene where they're driving across this bridge. Um yes. and like that bridge is in downtown Columbus. Um Oh, okay. And it's the only scene that they filmed here and I I guess I, I mean it's a pretty pretty nice like low key bridge. Um Yeah. But yeah, it's so weird to watch a movie like, cause it's supposed to be like set in LA or something. I'm like, I don't remember or all over the place. Anyway, it's not set yeah. in freaking Columbus, Georgia. So it, I get like why people in uh, like LA or Toronto or like, I'm so tired of seeing <laughs> like things <laughs> that, that I'm like, well, that's LA cause I live yeah. in LA and it's not whatever dumbass city, you know, you're saying it is. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of get that. It is kind of a weird feeling to be like, I I've been on that bridge. <laughs> I've driven across that bridge. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, absolutely. And um, but it's all to say, like, I don't know, man. Like, like they keep on getting the wrong. Like, so I, okay, so like this brings up the question of is 
will Last of Us be an aberration or will it be an honest to God, um, like groundswell? Like, will this be Iron Man? Like, that's that, that's the that's the question, right? Will this yeah. be Iron Man? And I hope because some of my best, some of my favorite cinematic experiences over the last 10 years have been video games. And I know that sounds fucking weird for somebody that doesn't play video games if they're listening to this, but I feel like you probably understand that um, because you're a gamer. Like, yeah. you know, and there's certain things like like God of War that are just giant, like, like uncharted are ginormous. I guess and The Witcher we should have included too. Sorry. That's I true, you. actually. No, 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 you're right. The, the Witcher, actually, I, I love The Witcher, but here's the thing. I've read the first three books of The Witcher, and the video game, the Netflix adaptation, and the books, like, if we're talking about them being cyclical, um, I feel like the video game gets taken out of the Netflix adaptation, and they're more adapting the books, Um by the, the 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 amazing fantasy writer, the the Czech fantasy writer. I can't even think of his name now. Um, I because I like I said I read the first three books. Um, let's see, Andre Spatotsky. Um, but it's it's from that rather than the video games, which is a very interesting kind of concept, right? Um, uh, but yes, no, you're absolutely right. And but it's just it's it's like. It's a toss-up right now because I feel like there's no Kevin Feige yet. And who knows? Maybe Neil Druckmann will be the Kevin Feige. And maybe, like, The Last of Us gives him control over his, his like, his masterwork, which is, which I feel is un, uh, uncharted. Uh, give it back to him and he can recast it and redo it and remake it more akin to what he's doing on The Last of Us. Which <clears throat> yeah. I feel is... Because, like, yeah, like I said, like, that Uncharted thing, like, that's all, like, the mo- the movie made money because it was off the glow of Tom Holland and yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, Un- Uncharted bad. definitely pokes a hole in my, like, enthusiasm. Even though I didn't see it, I, it there was enough about it from people that I trust. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Um, one that I did watch that definitely pokes a hole in my like I want to be enthusiastic and say that the mm-hmm. hitting that golden age of adaptations for video games is is Halo. Like it was such a shit show. Now, okay, can we just talk about like, okay, the reason why you hire Pablo Scribner is because the same reason why you would you would hire Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian because it's the attitude and the voice, but with the understanding because it's Pablo Scribner. You don't need to take off the fucking mask. And I was like, I'm done with this show if within the first episode they take off the mask. And what happens? Yep. I mean, it's not even, like, with The Mandalorian, there is a slow buildup to yes. him. Like, and, and it uh, becomes almost a necessity for yes. him to have to take his helmet off. And it's well, even a plot point in the second season, <laughs> you know, yes. of with, like, with you're Bill not Burr- supposed to take your helmet off. <laughs> So. Absolutely, and Bill Burr, like, like let's mm-hmm. be, like, I've never had a, I've never had a moment to like say it, but like, Bill Burr is the MVP of that of that show. Yeah, he, um, really, he, he really kills it, man. Like, oh my god, like you, you want to show about him and his ex stormtrooper ways, like, 
Like, like he true. Like, ah, oh man. Like, I, I hope he's back for the third season. Me too. Just because, Me too. because that that second season with the stormtrooper coming into the stormtrooper thing, and when he does what he does, which feels like out of character, but totally isn't out of character, is kind of beautiful, right? Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's rough because, like you said, it's a buildup. But then in Halo, they just kind of there's nothing. Like, yeah. That's the thing about, like, I don't know why Halo heads didn't get more upset, because that's the thing about Master Chief. You never... I, I don't know that many of them watched it, <laughs> like, yeah. beyond, you know, maybe the first episode. And when they were, like, m- my cousin Jacob is, I mean, huge Halo fan. Like, he's mm-hmm. huge into Halo, or was. Um, yeah. And, like, he, especially the games knew the story, like... He watched that first episode and he was like, this isn't Halo, man. I was like, yeah, I like when it's not about like when they're actually just doing the action stuff. I think it's great. It looks great. Like it, it's it's awesome. But like once you get into the like the drama and story of it all, it's just not very good, man. No, it's not. And and here's the crazier part is that this is that that series, that two hundred million dollar series was produced by Steven Spielberg, yeah. who had an active part in it, who initially wanted to make a movie and uh, wanted to make a movie and had like so much so had Peter Jackson involved in doing a whole bunch of te- whole bunch of tests in regards to it. And I don't know, man, like to take it from there to like a TV series, you'd think that it would translate? Because, I mean, I don't know, like, yeah, like, it's just, they're, that one's super troubling and super, like, that pisses me off, because I, I did like the first three Halo games, like, I was a, I was a guy that was not super into it, but, like, definitely had my love for it, and to see that kind of ruined is like, oh, God. Um, but, Uh, Speaking of video games, since we're on the topic and like, you know, we've kind of talked about the video game adaptations until until Mario comes out. um, We texted about um, a uh, we texted about a game, a legendary game that's coming back. That's come back to the Nintendo Switch and to Xbox. Um, Yeah, I haven't haven't had a chance. It's out now, right? Yes, it's out now. It's out as a Friday. So. I've played the two variations of GoldenEye. Um, that's what's back, guys. Um, we asked for it for the longest time. They didn't. They couldn't get it to us because of a rights issue. That's been cleared up, and now you get two flavors, which is a which is an interesting rub about this. So you get the remastered version on Xbox um, with new graphics or enhanced graphics, I should say, or if you're a Switch person, which feels more appropriate for Switch, you get it in its original 64-bit Nintendo GameCube glory. Um, I've played both versions. Um, and I'm not sure. Okay, so here's my play on it. It's it's stay, it's the same. It's GoldenEye. It's great, right? Um, so for the TV, I'm going to suggest that you, like, if you have a big screen TV, like I do, uh, or like any of us do, like you should come on now, go yeah, they're, pick yourself they're up a cheap. Walmart two hundred. <laughs> yeah, go pick up yourself. Like I, I actually, you know what? I just saw that Costco started their 
like, you know, their sales for a thousand dollars, you can get an 85 inch 4k, like Sony TV, not like, not like if you, like, if you want to spend the money and have something that lasts a couple of years, then do that. Or go just go to fucking Walmart and spend the $400 on a 65 inch or, you know, a 4k 65 inch with smart TV capabilities. Anywho, um, the, for your big screen Xbox, because the remastered graphics are good but not great but the the more important thing is that the tr- the the controls have translated very nicely and the response time has uh, is definitely there if you want if you're if you're somebody who likes like you know you have a steam deck or more importantly you have a switch don't play the switch don't play don't play the golden eye on don't play golden eye on a big screen um it's the same thing that's going to happen if you play when you play Mario or you play any of the like you know the non um, remastered games on Switch. It, there's a lot of pixelation, but it does beautifully on your on your like actual portable drive, like your portable the portable screen version of your Switch. Like so, like if you take it out of the dock and you're not playing it on the TV, yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. It feels it feels exactly like. My mind was blown because I was like, I'm playing Goldeneye on a on a little like on a on my switch on a little screen like this is great. This is perfect, actually, for it. Um, it's the same way I felt about Doom when they re-released Doom uh, with non remastered graphics is that it, it was like I had to play it on the I had to play it on the portable version of the switch. So be it what it may, I've only paid played an hour of each. But needless to say, it's a lot of fun. It's exactly what I remembered it being. Um, I think that a, peop- a lot of people are going to have a lot of fun. And the thing is, is that I've not seen them. Uh, it is not open for tournament yet, but I have a feeling that they're going to they're going to like have like, you know, the multiplayer version, but a, like an online version of it, yeah. which That'll be that's funny. I think. Yeah, but I think that that's <clears throat> honestly the way that people are going to go um uh once once that gets settled up and then when xbox because xbox has the enhanced version of it i feel like xbox is going to fly with that because why not because like xbox is first person shooters stuff the enhanced version now am i Mm -hmm. misremembering this they did a previously remastered version right that was like updated graphics okay so is it just a more updated version of that game Yes, which is the is. same game. It just yes. had more modern graphics to it. So yes, like this um, one is up even more than that one because I mean that one was like, I think that one was like close to twenty years ago. Yeah, because um, like you know, Goldeneye was in the heyday of of Guachimacali was like ninety what ninety six. So I think that it was like maybe five or six years later that they did that re the, they did that remaster and then they were going to do a full on and then it the lawsuit happened and all of the things came up and they couldn't do it and that's why it's been something that they haven't been able to reapproach um but you know now like now that they've got it all settled up like you know i guess that the world is going to be open and this is the test of it um again a lot of fun uh, exactly what you remember of it but so the retro gamers, you're gonna want to do the switch. Um, the the guys that remember it, but have gotten fallen in love with graphics and fallen in love with with modern consoles, stick with the Xbox version because I think yeah. that you'll be a lot happier with that. Because 
I don't like wh what I always find funny is when people like have this idea of what next gen, like when we started getting those next gen consoles, they forget how bad the graphics are compared to yeah. now. <laughs> um, you know, I always love those, those like, you know, I'm, I'm always on video game so social because I always like to know, I don't like the, I don't like the vitriol in the comment section, but I can always skip the comment section, but I like to know what's happening and I like to see what people are talking about and the memes, like it always intersects with the, the basketball and football for me with the memes from Madden and 2k about like, uh, like the Tom Brady, it's always Tom Brady and LeBron James, right? Tom yeah. Brady has been in for so long, and then they give you the first time that he was in Madden, which he looks like a blockhead. He looks like Roboblocks yeah. <laughs> or Minecraft, and then where he is now, where it's like all the, the like, I always find it funny that they always make fun of next-gen graphics as being sweatier and sweatier, uh, yeah. <laughs> because that's what happens. Um, but that's the kind of comparative, if you guys want the comparative of the Switch, like if you're not used to like those kinds of old school blocky graphics it might it will take you out of the game and you won't want to play it um so stick with the xbox version because at least it's up it's it's resed up by at least i would say 15 years like it's not it's not a modern game it's kind of a, okay perfect comp you know how like they redid the gta games yeah that's the comp okay so it's not fantastic but it's a lot better than where they were, right? Like yeah. so, like I, I would say that the GTA graphics plus a little bit more. Okay. Um. So I mean, I, I'll it be playing it on Switch. So I, yeah. I mean, I I have my uh. Well, I don't have a new Xbox, but I have the mm -hmm. uh uh whatever the last one was. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't have the series S or whatever it is, but uh, I I I don't know. I just since I got the Switch, all I ever want to do is play on the Switch, man. It's so fun. <laughs> like, yeah. I just it's, I have a blast playing that thing. It's been unlocked. Like, the like I feel like with the Switch, uh, more than any other console, it's the thing that's really unlocked portable gameplay. So much so that Steam created their own version of, yeah. uh, of, of it. Um, Xbox and PS... Uh, like... They were forced to do some kind of version of of portable game consoling. So, like you know, Xbox does the the remote play as well as um, as well as PS. I mean, PS goes as far as they've they've authorized third parties to create like like weird attachment decks for for your phone so that you can remote play. Yeah. Um, I love that about Nintendo that they that they're always about like inventive hardware. That allows you to do something that you didn't think that you needed, but then once you start it, you can't see your life without it. Yeah, and, I mean, and I mean, for a long time, we really thought portable gaming was like DOA, man, like it, or not oh, dead on yeah. arrival, but just dead in the water. Like yeah. after the, you know, N Nintendo kind of just was like, we're not gonna do any more like Game Boy kind of things. It's like, oh shit! Mm -hmm. Well, like they were the only ones who could keep that afloat. Like PlayStation tried twice, Sony tried twice. <laughs> you know, yes. Uh, Microsoft could never really get it. Um, 
like nobody else seemed to understand portable gaming and then they were like and nintendo's just like oh yeah yeah like that's why we were not doing those anymore so you know your ds your game boy you're like it's all on like it's on this now it's portable and it's you know like playable on the big screen yeah they're brilliant with that shit man um yeah they are so the other news thing i wanted to ask you about and Mm -hmm. we don't have to spend any amount of time on this but uh, I'm assuming you saw that uh, Doom Patrol and Titans are both, they have uh, their uh, 12 or whatever they have left of this season and they're out. Is done. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, which I thought it was I, really funny that people hopped online to give James Gunn a lot of shit about it. And I was like, yeah. I, we felt this coming well before especially doom patrol because we've been talking about like how is doom patrol going to survive since doom patrol premiered it's like who's watching this show it's weird as shit it's very much for a specific audience who is not enough to keep this show on the air (laughs) no but you know i mean i love it but like oh yeah it's so specific (laughs) and like that we got four seasons, it's a fucking miracle. Mm-hmm. Like, to be honest, like, I'm going to, like, I, I I mourn the loss, but at the same time, I'm realistic. I'm old enough to be realistic that, you know, things like this come around once in a really big blue moon, like Twin Peaks. Like, I, I would compare, I would absolutely compare it to something like Twin Peaks because it's that strange, but emotionally resonant and um, just... Taking the medium into like I, I feel like in twenty years they're gonna look back at Doom Patrol and say fuck they, that changed that forwarded the medium that they're playing in so far and we're still not able to grasp it because everything is about like in this particular like genre the comic book yeah. genre like it feels like everything is always aimed towards four quadrant it has to be a super big success it can't be something unique and take it and take the context and the form of it and fuck with it like they're taking superhero shit and doing stuff that nobody else is fucking doing even on tv like they're not talking about shows aren't meaningfully talking about certain things that doom patrol is talking about in a way that is elegant all of it is sledgehammer like, yeah. you know, whenever there's an issue episode, oh, on this very special uh, like episode of, and it's just like hammering home. Things are bad. You know, killing people are bad. You know, racism is bad. It's not doing the work to integrate it into a story meaningfully because these fucking people don't care about these issues. Like, everything that's in Doom Patrol, I feel like is is stuff that they care about. They honestly fucking care about and they're passionate about. And they take it and they make it into this passionate, weird, funny, entertaining, heartbreaking like show. And it's sad. It's sad that it's going to be away, but at the same time, like I said, it's only four seasons, man. Like uh, that's four seasons, more than four seasons of this weird ass show that 
they could have just at any point in time been like, this is too fucking weird and we're not going to keep yeah. doing it. Like it, the from the from the actors to the producers to the the network itself, like that it survived going from the DC whatever thing they tried to uh, yeah the streaming service to HBO yeah. to continue for more seasons. Like yeah, it, it speaks a lot to uh, like just the faith that the people involved in the show had in it. So and you know, barring Zaslav pulling it off the the server like you know it'll be there so um you know i'm with you it makes me happy that we got it all titans i you know very up and down i i've been with it the last couple of seasons um i i don't think it's a huge loss because those are characters we'll see again like we might not see the doom patrol characters again because they're real fucking weird man so but yes. you're gonna see nightwing you're gonna see uh starfire you're gonna see raven you're gonna see beast boy like in some form or fashion though they will go on and i i i would bet you money right now that uh the i don't know a month into superman and lois's upcoming third season we're going to hear the mm-hmm. announcement that, that that show will be finished after its third season, which I finished yeah. season two. I finally caught up. It, it is such a good show. It's better than it has any right to be. They're bringing mm-hmm. in Lex Luthor finally for this yeah. season three. Um, talk, about, uh, talk about Walking Dead. Like Yeah. Um, I, I was um, like, this is going to be interesting, man. You're getting Abraham from The Walking Dead. To play uh, Lex Luthor, I'm very, very interested to see how it how it goes. Um, but yeah, if uh, I mean all of that's available on HBO Max right now. Um, so yeah, it, superhero stuff. Um, Titans, you got to give it a little bit, probably at least into season two. But I think Doom Patrol, if you're into weird shit. Um, it's worth catching up as they head into their final six episodes soon-ish uh, in the next mm-hmm. months. Um, and uh, Superman and Lois season three starts in March. So okay. um, I, I think they're all worth, shows worth catching up on if you have the time. So Absolutely. So a, a, a couple of quick hits. I, I know you don't watch How I Met Your Father. It came back. It's as yes. it, if you watched the first season and enjoyed it, uh, you'll like this season. I, I think it's a, I think it's a fine show if you're just needing something like kind of light and fluffy. Like okay, you know, it, it's not anything yeah. um, like super it, super great. It's just okay. Um, okay. Grownish also came back, the last remaining of the Blackish franchise, which mm-hmm. it continues to be a show that pushes boundaries in a way like it, it is very clearly a, a modern take on a different world. The uh, Cosby show okay. spinoff. Yes. Um, and it, it just it works so freaking well. I hate that it's on uh freeform or whatever dumbass name they're going by this week because it just means that not enough people are watching it um 
like I, I get why Blackish had kind of run its course, but like Grownish is a show about kids going through college, and so it's a show that can actually continue because they keep bringing in new characters. Um, so I, I hate that not enough people watch this show, but it, it's so very, very good. Um, and uh, oh, Hit Monkey, I finished Hit Monkey. If you're looking oh. for something like fun, irreverent, violent, animated, but aren't into like actual anime, mm-hmm. I, Hit Monkey is your show. <laughs> like, okay, I, it's kind of sad that it's not going to get go any further anything yeah it it turns into a pretty fun show like and jason sudeikis really just gets to be like the guy who makes snide funny remarks uh (laughs) because he has nothing to do he's just a ghost so yeah um okay but yeah that's oh and uh star wars visions finally got around to watching star wars visions okay (laughs) so if you you don't like anime you won't like star wars oh yes (laughs) you will definitely not like that um what did you think um some episodes were great and some were not great some felt like they went to people uh and said hey what how would you feel about like readapting star wars for like uh an anime type of thing and All they did was take scripts for projects that they already had and kind of put Star Wars in them. Because I was like, how is this an adaptation of Star Wars? Like, like, there's some real, like, absolute brilliant. The first one is fantastic. Like, the animation is so good in that first episode. Yeah, that's the one with the samurais, right? Yeah. The black Um, and white. Yeah, that one's... I think that's the, yeah, that's the one that I'm thinking about. It's Um, so freaking good. And then it's just kind of up and down from there. You know, some, some episodes are are fun and like, uh, but some are just so all like, it's not even offbeat. It's just, like I said, it's like they had a script laying around and was like, oh, I can like get paid for this and just add some Star Wars elements to it. Like, oh, look, I put droids in this. Like, Okay. Like yeah, you know that that's fine, but yeah, you know, and they're all rel- they're all under twenty minutes, so it, it's a pretty easy uh, watch, you know. And, and in the first few minutes, you can kind of tell like I'm not really gonna enjoy this one. Um, I don't think any of them are bad. They're just I didn't see how they were Star Wars reimagined, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, no, 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 uh, absolutely. Um, it, it's definitely like I like it because it's kind of like a like what uh, what designers call a lab, like you know, yeah. like art designers and stuff. It's a lab where they're getting they're getting these huge like these huge anime studios to be able to play in the Star Wars sandbox, and some work and some don't. Like as you said. But, like, I'm glad that it has a second season because it's going to continue to show, like, and push um, creatively what Star Wars can be. And I like that. Like, um, yeah. my favorite is actually one that has nothing, like, it, it's the second one. It's Tatooine Rhapsody um, with the band. Yeah, um, it, see, that is, to me, that's a kind of reimagining of Star Wars. Like, exactly. much in the vein of the first one where it's like, Oh, you're reimagining this universe, and, and 
like because it does play with the things in the universe, you know. Yes, and um, okay, so, I, I did enjoy okay. that one. Um, so people will want to like, okay, so like I know that like Ocilla, so people will probably want to maybe watch this twice. Anime fans, may, like I can watch this now because I'm you know a huge anime fan. I review a lot of anime. Um, one of the things that I always do with anime is I watch it. I watch these things four times, right? Like, I'm glad that a lot of these things are like 20 minutes long when I have to review, or like 60 to 80 minutes long that I have to review them because I'll watch them twice once in the original language and then once in the English language because they're like, you know, most anime fans want the Japanese, the original Japanese people, like, you know, voice performers. But there's a big contingent now that doesn't mind because the voice, the because the lip movements aren't so bad as to like it can't translate um like 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 with human like you know with like the way that humans talk and uh, i've heard something recently about ai and how they're going to approach that shit now with like redubbing and like re-ai like working of like like voices and that's scary shit to me anyways that's neither here nor there um but talking about this the cast that they got for the the English language cast, I can attest for I can attest that there's certain Japanese voice actors that I I know that have come up that are that are pretty big in the the voice uh, voice industry in Japan that show up in here. But I can absolutely tell you the English language version people. There's a bunch. There's huge like there's huge names that don't normally do like voice work like Lucy Liu, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Bobby Moynihan. I mean, of course, like if there's a character that shows up. That's a Star Wars based character. They tried to get the original voice, i.e., I'm going to tell you which one where Boba Fett shows up because you have to watch it. But Boba Fett shows up and he has a line and it's T.M.R. Morrison in the English language dub. Uh, Neil yeah, Patrick it's Harris. Pretty, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, um, uh, Carrie Hayuki Tagawa. Like these are people that are super big. Like they they managed to get all a really like this like it's all to say that this is not done cheaply if that makes sense like like this was not like something that they just kind of like haphazardly like threw together this is very considered very well thought out and planned <clears throat> like logan said some of them may not work for you like the the the, uh, the tattooing rhapsody may be something that you look at and go fuck that's just return of the jedi 2.0 i don't like that that's fine. That might not work for you. Whereas like something like the elder might work for you, which that, the elder of, I thought was pretty good. It was okay. Um, I had too much, I had too much of a, it felt too much like a clone wars episode. Yeah. That was repurposed. That bothered me. Um, like it actually uh, doesn't feel like a reimagining. It actually feels like, something in the star wars universe like exactly it, it, exactly it doesn't take any chances like it really just feels like uh something you would see in star wars um the, the big ones to me that uh, like the village bride yes. i i just i i did i didn't it, it didn't feel like anything remotely star wars other than like oh some stormtroopers showed up or something mm -hmm. the ninth jedi was okay but mm -hmm. i i don't know it was a little i don't know not i okay, didn't love okay. it yes exactly like 
it, it really, uh, again, another one that felt like a Clone Wars repurposed yeah. script, like a, a Clone Wars script that wasn't done wasn't done through the writing process yet. Like it felt like it was like something that if they had just like the writer's room for Clone Wars season five had just spent a little bit more time with it and stretched it out over a couple of episodes, that would have been a good, interesting arc. Um, uh, T.O.B. one, that one's kind of great. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. It it felt like a um, Astro Boy episode. Oh man! Okay, and, and that's I can see great that. for I can Astro see that. Boy, but like, yeah. I, I really but it's Astro Boy by way of Star Wars. Yeah, like, it, it just didn't do enough. Didn't do enough for me. I, I like, like, okay, so you put some Star Wars stuff into an Astro Boy episode. Yeah, that, okay. that's great. Um, but the about one after that is great. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, it. And then uh, Lop and Ocho, I really didn't like. Like I, I, no, it looks fantastic, I, yeah. but like I, I just I, I was so like this isn't like it's not any kind of Star Wars other than like like okay one sister siding with the the Empire and saying we mm-hmm. need to do like I, I don't know it just it didn't feel I mean actually it 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 wasn't I guess far off enough mm-hmm. it, it just felt very inconsequential um even though it's not supposed to it's supposed to be about like uh, you know family dynamics and and it just didn't do anything for me and then uh the okay. last episode i thought was was pretty good so, yeah anakiri yeah. yeah um i liked it a lot for the voice work because like there are some pretty big names in there, and you went, "Whoa, what?" Yeah, like let me, like I. It looks it looks good too. Like the animation, it, lo- it does super. Like uh, they they book in really strong. So yes, uh, Science uh, Saru, uh, the animation studio that produced it. Um, I actually just I actually just um, watched something from them. They're uh, they're a kind of they're a they're a very kind of special animation. Um, house that that are how can i put this um they they very much so like deal with like so they did this movie called inuho or inuo which is like a japanese rock samurai rock opera politically political intrigue um animated story um and a lot of their like all of their stuff is kind of like hand drawn or it looks hand drawn even though it's done all through you know cg uh, like all through computer means and they're just a special they're just a special animation group the same with um like uh like like um uh, the duel uh kamikaze dogu uh they're also another animation studio that's on the not on the fringes but they definitely, when you see their name come up, you know that it's a specific type of animation, and this is very uh, emblematic of them. Both of them, it's very emblematic of the kind of style that they do, which is like you know, with something that's called visions, you want the style. Like the style is the biggest is the yeah. thing in the forefront, right? Yeah. Um, so, but the nice thing is, is that we're getting another season of this, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, so it, it it's enough, and and there. There's an, enough different between episodes to, to like. Yes. Okay. Well, that one wasn't for me. Maybe I'll like the next one. You know. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm excited. Um, 
I I liked the the comic book that because they put out a comic book in the same vein of like oh, people okay. uh, adapting you know different styles mm-hmm. and using Star Wars characters. So um, yeah, I mean it's always interesting to see other people's interpretations. Some of them just really didn't work for me. Um, mm-hmm. The only other thing that I wanted to mention actually involves Benjamin Bratt. So. If we want to yeah. talk about a little bit about Poker Face, um, okay. I, I uh, watch. We don't want to watch. We don't want uh, to talk about shrinking as well, or do we want to save yeah. that for? I'm, I mean, we could talk shrinking too. Uh, okay. I'm good with either one. So, okay. well, well, let, let's start with let, let's start with Poker Face, and then we can go to shrinking if we have time. If not, this is uh, like shrinking is definitely a one that if we have three or four episodes, yeah, that might actually be better. Um, uh, I'll, I'll just say you guys should actually be like I'm going to just give you the short one on shrinking, which is is that you should absolutely be watching this. Um, yeah, it, it, there are more and more reasons to subscribe to Apple Plus every day. So yes, there is. Yeah. Um, who this one is so like this it's one is heavy, man. Yes. Um. And I, okay, so fans, just for the fact that Harrison Ford is doing next level work that we ex- we sh- like that he's not sleepwalking through you should absolutely be fucking watching this yeah um not to mention that jason siegel is doing like career best level work here um and it's only probably going to get better i'm just going to put that's my short thing of it uh, we can talk about it later on because i want to s- excite you guys to watch this show because this is this is something it feels like it's something special of course because bill lawrence and Brett Goldstein together, uh, yeah, like that's a that's a good combination. Yeah, I I kept waiting for a reveal revolving in, involving Harrison Ford's character. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like he's gonna wind up being like more involved in this than we think. Um, mm-hmm. But it, like I don't know what am I off base. Or am I just trying to read too much into like, uh, you know, typical like modern TV stuff? It's like, oh, here's a reveal that you didn't see coming, but you know, you kind of did. Um, and he's just going to wind up being Jason Siegel's mentor, more or less. Um, I think. No, I think that I think that he's like so. His like I thought he was his dad. <laughs> I, was I like, did too. Dad, <laughs> like, but it's. It's not, uh, it's definitely not, he's like, you know, but I feel like Ford, like, okay, so I have this theory that Bill Lawrence and Jason Siegel like, are the Jason Siegel character and the Jessica Williams character. I feel yeah. like Brett Goldstein wrote the Paul Rhodes Harrison Ford character. Like, he was the one that created it. Because it feels like when you watch enough Bill Lawrence stuff, you know that Bill Lawrence is always like that. <laughs> He's that optimistic character in his shows. Like you've seen it enough and you've watched his shows enough to know he is as much Ted Lasso as Jason Sudeikis is Ted Lasso. Yeah. And as much as Ted Lasso is Ted Lasso. Um, but like, he does right? always have that like gruff kind of mentory character. Exactly. You know, no, he does. He definitely does. And John C. McGinley like, in Scrubs. Uh, Scrubs. Got, uh, uh, Roy Kent in, in 
uh, Ted Lasso. Um, and now Paul Rhodes in. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very like I like the setup because the setup is very much like it's it's edging around the archetypes, which is good because there's a lot to it that I feel like is a little bit more subtle. But I also feel like, like I said, like Brett Goldstein, absolutely like it's it feels like if you if you've listened to Brett Goldstein's podcast, which is an amazing, beautiful podcast. Mm -hmm. um, uh, um, if you if you listen to that podcast and you've watched enough Ted Lasso and other things, you realize that Brett Goldstein, there is there is a lot about Brett Goldstein that you don't know if you've only watched Ted Lasso. But also there's certain things that I feel like Bill Lawrence leaned into with with that character, um, Roy Kent. That is Brett Goldstein that feels like it's the evolution in Harrison Ford's character, um, which makes it perfect for Harrison Ford. Right. Because, yeah. It really is weird, but I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Like, 30 years ago, if if Ted Lasso was a movie, Harrison Ford would have been cast as Roy Kent. If it was about baseball or it was about yeah. some American sport, fucking Harrison Ford would have absolutely had been casted as Roy Kent. Um, it just, it's a perfect melding, but I also feel like there's some huge hints that are dropped um, about certain things, like his um like his shakes yeah. and harrison ford like man he's on fire on this fucking show where you don't see the things that he's doing but then when they're called out you go fuck that's mm, that's harrison yeah. ford that i love that's like where wh what happened to him after mosquito coast and witness i don't know but he's back it feels like um and him and Siegel, uh, Jason Siegel, they kind of perfectly matched. Yeah, they really do. Like the, the and I mean, they're really playing into like and, and Bravo to Harrison Ford for uh, like not shying away from like them playing into the fact that he is like the grumpy old man. Like yes. you know, like quintessential. You know, like the the shit with him and the the. I can't remember her name in the office where he's like, that's entirely too much water. Yes. <laughs> and she just goes on this rant Daddy. about look at my skin and look at your skin. Yeah. And you know, like you're telling me I'm drinking, you're not drinking enough water. And <laughs> she buys in that water bottle. Like it, it's, it's so, so funny, but the, man. But the water bottle payoff is so Bill Lawrence. Yes. <laughs> it made me fucking smile. Like the click, and the drink, like, it's just, it was like, it was the perfect way to end the show, the end the episode, that literally just was like, that's fucking Bill Lawrence. Bill Lawrence, I, as much as I don't ever talk about you, I miss you so much when you're not on the TV, like, when you're not writing shit on the TV, because yeah. this is, this is like, and it just feels like, like, okay, so, like, a bigger, like, think about Apple TV, I feel like Apple TV is doing what Netflix wants to do. They yeah. want to give creatives like tether. They don't want, they want to untether creatives, but they want to come back. They want these people to come back with these amazing pieces of pop culture. Right. But here's the fucking thing. They're choosing the wrong damn creatives. Yeah. Apple I mean, I, really Netflix only has hit, Truly, I mean, maybe I'm off base, but truly off base with the Stranger Things guys. Like that—that's the, yeah. like that's it. you know, they they gave yeah. them 
all the rope they needed. Um, they managed to not hang themselves. Like it, it's a real absolute winner for them. And like everything else, like it seems to start off like, oh, it is like Umbrella Academy, um, yes. Lock and Key, uh, Sandman, maybe. Like it's mm-hmm. a little too early, you know. But it's like, also it's also produced it's also produced by WB. Like yeah. that one's that's a that's a show that they bought from WB. Yeah. Um, which you know, like oh god, okay, but it, but you're right, you're right. Like you know, Sandman could be a part of that. Um, I mean, at least from my perspective, um, they're getting a second season, which means that more people are going to find it more and more. But there's not a lot. Like there's not a lot, right? Like. Not by the way that, like, Apple TV in the last four years, like, when it started to where it is now, they've they've managed to, I mean, they won a fucking Best Picture Oscar with yeah. one of their, like, first, like, CODA, regardless of what people think of CODA, like, if they haven't seen it or they have seen it, like, I've seen it, and I understand why it won all the, like, why it won Best Picture, Um but if you take it out of that equation, it's still a good fucking movie. Like, it's still a great, like, small, like, small stakes, like, movie that we never get anymore, which is about families and, like, you know, reaching a goal. It's like a good, a feel-good movie, right? We don't get those often enough. And whenever we do, they're always, there's something wrong with them because, like, like fucking Netflix. Like, you know, Netflix does something and they, they let people, they let the wrong creatives take creative freedom and i don't know like i feel like bill lawrence has always had it good with people like has had it good in the the tv world and so he's he's a very big proponent of like structure and form because ted lasso for as amazing as it is it is a very formulaic formulaic show it's it's a sports show for god's sake yeah um and I don't know, it's just, it's it's a little bit like this first two, it's like, is it gonna be a bit of magic? Because like that's how it feels. Like it feels like Ted Lasso is lightning in a bottle, right? Yeah, um, it really is. And is Bill like is it is, do we have to like if shrinking hits in the way that I think it's going to, um, especially in the later part where it starts emotionally paying off in big ways, in troubling ways, because you can see the storm brewing. Are we going to have to like say, well, Bill Lawrence with all the shows that he's created and the, the magic that he's created, is it time to kind of t- say that he is the guy that does lightning in a bottle? He is kind of like Jerry Seinfeld or, or like Larry David, where he's in the upper echelon, or Norman Lear. I mean, I mean Norman Lear is the the most apt comparison. So yes, it's like Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, like specifically Seinfeld specifically. Larry David kind of got it twice, um, but Seinfeld like was really only able to do it that one time, and seemed mm-hmm. to recognize that like I'm only ever going to be able to do this once. So I'm going to do it. We're going to do it right. I'm going to go, and then I'm just going to do other things. Comedians and cars getting coffee, notwithstanding. But I mean, that's a show that's, you know, could be considered more just reality, um, yeah. not really sure. scripted. Um, but yeah, Norman Lear is a, a, the most apt comparison because, like, if you look at that dude's career, it's like, Jesus, man. Like, yes, a lot of those shows were like, 
hey, I was in England and I saw this show. What if we adapt it for an American mm-hmm. audience? But yeah. the flip side of that is, like, also those shows ran for fucking ever. <laughs> like, forever. All in the Family, like, ran, the, like, the original show ran for, like, a decade. And then you yep. had the the spinoff shows, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, Sanford and, and Son out. ran for fucking seven years or something, you know, mm-hmm. it, like uh, one day at a time. Uh, the Jeffersons. The Jeff, yeah, the Jeffersons, which was a, a spinoff of All in the Family. Like, yes. you know, that dude, you talk about a magician. Like, he just, he knew. He always knew, like, that's going to hit. That's going to hit. Yep. Like, he rarely had anything that wasn't like i mean he had his misses but like you know he was just he was a or is still is a genius he's he's not dead yet so no he's not i mean he's still making like you know one day at a time the reboot is was still top to bottom his show like to be that kind of acutely sharp at 90 i or no, was it a hundred? And it, it ran for forty six episodes, you know. Yes. So, uh, which, which in this day and age is that's a good chunk of episodes for a a well, what started as a Netflix show, you know? Exactly. No, no, absolutely. And like, let's just talk about his high points: Spin City, Scrubs, Cougar Town, um, uh, Ted Lasso. And then, yeah. of course, like you and I probably are the same like mind where Clone High was something that yeah. he co-created with Lord and Miller. That's just a bit of genius. That's supposed that to be coming back. Yeah. What's funny about Clone High is like when he does talk about it, he's like, that's that's a show they were basically creating in the basement of the old hospital that they were filming Scrubs in. Scrubs in, yeah. It it was just such a, like, you're, like, a head-scratching, like, we're doing what now? And, you know, but Bill could bring in anybody, which is why the, like, voice cast in that show is so strong. Um, Yep. But, yeah, Clone High, man. Uh, And it was a show you couldn't find for the longest time. I think it's on Paramount Plus now. Um, Yes, it is. It, but it for the longest time, you, you could not get it. No, you had to, like, like I know how I got it. I got it I got it through a list yeah. of I got it through a Comic-Con. <laughs> I got it through a Comic-Con VHS. And then later on, I found it as, a, a like, a DVR that they yep. did, which was a terrible quality because it was SD. But still, to have it. Um, back when you had to hunt for things. Like, it wasn't just all available. Um, but, yeah, like... Um, but uh, Bill Lawrence, like, I... I know, like, I know he's the executive producer on the new head of the class, which I didn't watch. Um, I didn't either. It, I don't know, like, it was a... And, and it got canceled, and then it got taken off the service by Zaz. Thank you, yeah. Zaz. Um, he, he was executive producer, but he wasn't the showrunner. He wasn't yeah. involved with it because he was deep into Ted Lasso, uh, I think season two. Um, so... But and unfortunately, yeah, undateable. Uh, another uh, show yes. that he ran uh, was really, really good. And now, thanks to Crystalia, can't 
really you're not going to see it like no you're, it, you're it was a really really good show like it, it didn't get enough credit for how good it was but then you know and uh, bill lawrence is the kind of guy who because of everything that happened with chris Talia, like he'll he'll sink his own ship you know yep. um yep. He, he's done it with multiple episodes of scrubs of like jokes we all signed off on like including donald Faison at the time that we thought were funny now we can look at and go we we can't do this so like they pulled jokes out of old episodes of scrubs scrubs yep. you know th- that you you can't see them anymore you know yep. um so he's yeah he's he's a hard guy not to love man and i, th- I think shrinking is going to be another like it's going to be probably a, you know a couple of emmys and yeah in i'm fairly certain i'm fairly certain that we're we're headed into uh, we're head i almost wonder if harrison ford like after he got this um was like i'm not doing any more indiana joneses i'm not doing any more han solos <laughs> like, wait, he's I like can this is what this? i want to do like yeah i could have been doing this the whole time <laughs> yeah but like uh, just cut the meat and i make a grumpy old man joke <laughs> exactly and you just you're you know, like i come in i'm funny i'm charming and i'm grumpy like yeah. I, I basically get to do what i do to tr- like i i get to do with reporters but i get to do it on set and i get paid Yep. And Apple's going to pay me a lot of money and I get to just stay home in LA. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, I think that that's the whole thing is that I feel like he's headed to, like, he's finally headed to where he should have gone, which is Walter Matthau's career, right? Like, somebody should have fucking told him in like 98 or 99, you need to do what Walter Matthau did for the last 20 years of his career, which is just play a staunchy grumpy old man with a with a gooey center like and he would have he would have been fine like we would have been accepted it um i mean but like here it's just like for anybody that's an old harrison Ford fan who went beyond solo and uh, jones and you know what he's capable of and you watch this show it just puts a smile on your face because it's like it does yeah (laughs) like Whenever he's sitting in his fucking office, whenever he sits in Jimmy's office and he comes mm-hmm. in, you you you're you know it's bad for Jimmy, but you're just you're smiling because you know that it's gonna be pure, unadulterated Harrison Ford at his best. That joke and, the the when he comes in to, to lambast him, he's like, uh, what does he say now? Uh I'd like I'd like uh he doesn't. T- he tells him to get out without telling him to get out. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Siegel walks to the door. He's like, turns back. He's like, wait, this is my office. He's my like, office. That took you a lot longer than it <laughs> should have. <laughs> and so there also the reason why I feel like Harrison Ford and Brett Goldstein are like one in the same, and uh, like or like they, their spiritual like father son is yeah. because the second episode is written completely by Brett Goldstein. And adjacently, it is more about Harrison Ford's character than, like, you initially think it is. Because yeah. it's giving you information about him that you, that isn't things that are being doled out in the traditional way. Like, his relationships with people really, like, kind of like, oh, okay, he's that guy. 
um, which I really do love. Um, I like, you know, I know it's the Harrison Ford love show, but, but then also like you have the Chris, like Krista Miller continues to like, I, like, I know she's Bill Lawrence's like, you know, wife and they yeah. have, and she he continually, un- this is like the first Krista Miller, like truly unleashed we've ever really gotten. Like she's Absolutely. been more shrewish in other things, but like yes. she gets to like really like this sounds so like misogynistic, but like she's so good at like that claws out kind of character, but also yes. being kind of loving too. And we never get to see her go like full on because it's always been on network TV, you know, yes. with it's like, Drew Carey, uh, uh, Scrubs, Cougar Town are probably her three big shows. Um, yeah. So we never really get to see her like full on, you know, be herself. And this is like Krista Miller, like being Krista Miller, but in this universe, like she's doing such a good job. And what a fucking genius move to cast her husband. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, that's what I was going to say. Te- okay. Welcome back to the sh- welcome back to the to the TV Ted McGinley when we were watching it me and my wife literally at the same time I didn't know it was him at first at- Exactly <laughs> but when he's in bed like when you meet him yeah. in bed it's only when he's out we looked at each other married with fucking children oh my god and Wow. Like talking and about it's like the just perfect use in. of him man like he gets to I I know we're going to get like Further down the line, we're going to get more about his character. You and just his know sons? it. Yes. Can you imagine what his like when they say when she says when Gabby tell like when they when they have their confrontation, which I loved that it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Yep. Um, but when she says her 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 sons, you find everything out that you need to know about Krista Miller's character. Yep. Because it's like. Oh, okay. So when are we, we're going to meet the brother, we'll probably meet the sons in the second season. We probably won't meet them now, but it's just like one of those things where it's just like casting is so important, but it's like oftentimes it's not as considered and considerate as this show is because damn, Ted McGinley with that smile on his face and that, okay, okay, dear. Like, I, I don't even know, man. Like, it's kind of like a, pretty it's kind of like an amazing bit um the same way that like the discovery of luke tenney as sean like that's fucking like i was like this guy i don't i've never seen him before i don't know who where he's from but jesus this guy is good yeah uh, i mean he's he's so he was uh in deadly class which was a show that fucking nobody watched like I've never even heard of that Deadly Class. Yeah, it was on Sci-Fi. It's a, it's a comic book, Deadly Class. Uh, okay. it, it's about. It's kind of like a a school for kids that want to be oh, super villains. Like Benedict um, Juan and Lana Condor are in it. Yeah. Um, oh man. Uh, it was um produced by uh the the russos like they were kind of like spearheading oh. it um it, it it got 10 episodes nobody watched it it was pretty fun um hmm. but it, okay. like if you want to see more of this kid watch deadly class like okay. I, i'm 
I'm sure it's on some streaming service. I'm looking right now to see if if it's uh where it's on because like I sci-fi it could be on Peacock, it could be on yeah. Netflix. Um so but I oh wow, okay, I got to see this show because just just for the fact that this kid's in it and Lana Condor's in it. Uh, who yes. I, I really, I really I think you'll dig it. Watch. And then you'll be like, fuck, <laughs> there's only 10 episodes. <laughs> um, um, but he is so good and so yeah. unexpected. Um, I know he's also so, in a show that's on Paramount plus called player. I think it's on Paramount plus players. Okay. Um, oh, okay. I've not watched it, but I've heard good things about it. Um, okay. So watching this made me want to go check it out. Cause I was like, that's the, that's, that's the kid from deadly class. He was really good in deadly <laughs> class. I haven't seen him in a while. And then I, look, I was like, Oh, he's on the show called players too. I should check that out. Um, but, uh, yeah, he is, he's phenomenal, man. Like I, I could really see this show like sweeping, like just the Emmys next year. Oh, and yeah. I like, I, I don't know who you would, because we don't know how many episodes this kid's going to be in so like does he count as a guest star is he a series regular um you know uh, yeah and there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff that's fun right now but i feel like this one is setting us up for some really emotionally rough terrain ahead um you know i mean well hell like i okay so like i got teary-eyed with the wife stuff yeah, in a way that I was not expecting, um, because I feel like so. Here's the thing: Jason Siegel has never really gotten something where, with the exception of the movie that he he wrote for himself, which is forgetting Sarah Marshall, but no one has ever tapped into the sadness of Jason Siegel in the way that he's basically giant Jack Lemon. Like that's what I always feel like when I watch him. He just, the world is his, like, the world on his face and the disappointment is so Jack Lemon-esque that I'm like, why has no one ever just kind of locked into, like, let's make a show about Jason Siegel being sad, but it's also really funny, um, and it connects. He, I mean, he basically had to create the show himself to do it. Because, I mean, like, that's what I feel. Those moments with, like, just the flashbacks, you don't even need him to talk about, like, the one time he says something, or the two times he says something, it hits like a brick that his wife is, like, you know, he just said, like, my wife died. She died in yeah. a car accident. And I, you I, don't know much? Go ahead. I think the the two things that have been able to do what you're talking about, mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother did it on a very small scale in the episodes where uh, Marshall lost his dad. Yes. Like, this is true. It's it's a maybe four or five episode arc and then the show's but the show's also filled with all the other wacky dumb shit um Mm -hmm. so it 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 doesn't get to truly focus on that um i think uh movie wise i think the closest is probably um jeff who lives at home yes i can the duplass brothers the brothers yeah that one is wow that probably comes the closest um to this where it's like yes he is this tall goofy motherfucker but like there's something real there you know mm-hmm. um that that that's uh not to contradict you but like i i think that's the closest no, 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 no. come and i think yeah. this show will 
fulfill like those promises of who this this guy actually is so like what kind of actor he can actually be he's not just a like goofy wacky you know crazy you know whatever you know it's it's like he's been playing the shit that Steve Martin did like early in his career. And yes. now we're finally getting to like, holy shit, this dude's like brilliant. <laughs> so. It's basically doing what, what for what Jason, uh, for Jason Sudeikis, what Ted Lasso did for Jason Sudeikis is what shrinking is going to do for Jason Siegel, which it's going to yeah. unlock things that, he should have had, like you said, years ago. Like the Duplass brothers. Like I completely forgot about Jeff Who Lives at Home. That but was a movie like, that that like floored me. That that was a movie that made me be like, oh shit, Jason Siegel's like really good. Like he's not yeah. just this goofy dude. Um, but it's also a criminally underseen movie because it's a Duplass brothers movie, and there's always more or less fly under the radar. So yes, like I mean, yeah, like I mean, well. If, like the weird part about the Duplass brothers is as long as you have seen Puffy Chair, <laughs> like you go down with them anywhere they go, including into horror. And it, it, it always makes me sad that the Duplass brothers didn't stay together. Like, like they're both doing different things, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I'm kind of not because they're low fi, low stakes, but emotionally devastating movies of their fucking, the, the beginning of the micro thing. Like, you know, they're, their micro movement, like with Puffy Chair, I don't know if you've seen it, but like yeah, Puffy Chair t- when it first came out, yeah, yeah, like that, like uh, like they're kind of like the the atmosphere that they created, the reality of like what what being like in your twenties at that time frame was, and like complications, it's kind of great and brilliant. Um, but yeah, you're right, like that Jason Siegel. Like I'm also thinking about like I know it sounds weird, but you know, it makes perfect sense that he's in the, like, he made the, like, when you look at it, and you look at his career, like, there's all these little weird, subtle reminders that he is this good of an actor. And one of them is the Muppet movie that he made. Yeah. Um, uh, and you watch that, and, you know, uh, Am I a Man or a Muppet is, like, it's funny, but at the same time, he doesn't think it's funny. And he... Like, like he he sings that song and he performs that in a way that feels like it's like more than like when you watch that and you go, shit, he's like going for it. And there's not very many people that will go for it in that kind of moment. And it takes like those elevated Muppet performers, not not the puppeteers, but the people that are playing against the Muppets that give you that kind of good juice. And so it's like it's these things that you kind of like add up and go. Yeah, he's actually a lot more than his than what everybody think of or thinks of him as, which is Marshall, right? Like you know, yeah. the goofy big dude. I mean, like regardless of Marshall's dad dying, um, like people don't even remember that. They all they remember is Marshall. Wait for it. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I know that we didn't mean to talk about it, but we shit, we talked a lot yeah. about <laughs> shrinking. I guess. Um, I mean, we're. We're both in the back for all of these people and it's just it's a lovely thing to see when it's successful yeah i completely agree um so uh, poker face uh, we'll talk yes just a few minutes about poker face oh, of course. okay so first of all i didn't know benjamin bratt was in this and i watched all four episodes of dmz okay. which is on yes. max 
and he he is the only reason to watch DMZ, which I don't think is going to get a second season, um, which is fine. It ends where it needs to end, and it's but like I it was a struggle for me anytime he wasn't on the screen. Like I, I just I think Rosario Dawson's great, but like I've seen a lot of film and TV shows about mothers trying to get to their sons. So like it, it did just didn't it's like, I have seen this before. It's, you know, it, yeah. except it's just set in a post-apocalyptic world. And I like, eh, it was, I, it just didn't grab me, but like he was so fucking electric that that was just like, man, I forget how good Benjamin Bratt can be, man. And then poker face, I'm like, oh shit, Benjamin Bratt's in this. Like, I texted you. I was like, is there anybody who isn't in this fucking series? Because no, I'm looking at the cast list and holy shit, this just feels like I want to work with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I feel like that's what that's what his goal. I think that's what Ryan Johnson's goal is. Is let's go ahead and re let, let's go ahead and work with a lot of the people that I miss. Um, working with that I haven't been able to work with. Let's work with the guys that I always work with. And then let's work with a bunch of people that I've never worked with that I want to work with. And in the context in which it's set up, because I've only watched the first one. Like, um, yeah, I, I, won't, the, I won't talk anything about future episodes. Yeah, just the first episode. <laughs> but Adrian Brody's so fucking good, man. Oh my God. Like, so, like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Adrian Brody as, and, okay, so, when we watched this, like, I was like, man, like, Ryan Johnson, like, let's talk about, like, Ryan Johnson understanding how to use Adrian Brody in the way that no one else knows how to use him. Yeah, few, few people do, man, yeah. There's this patheticness to the character that's mm-hmm. infused with ego. That I've only seen in the Brothers Bloom, but it was done completely differently and completely. Yeah, it's like the total opposite side of this character. Yes, like he's painting two two sides of a character because it's very much implied that Sterling Frost Senior, Senior, who, when I heard the voice, I was like, "You motherfucker, Ryan Johnson! You motherfucker! You knew exactly who I want, who I want." to see you work with and Ron Perlman being that voice at mm-hmm. the other end of that phone call. Ooh, we, but it also gives you a lot of like short end context. If you're like, I feel like, okay, so Ryan Johnson created this for people that love to deep dive, right. That love to like find the minutia because there's so much minutia in here. Um, but it's like, it gives you context without having context so that when Adrian Brody, when Sterling uh, jr, does what he does, which can we talk about how fucking shocking that was? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't see that coming at all. I was just like, uh, like, and it's it's played pretty perfectly. I mean, yes, <sighs> yes, yeah. I don't even know. I don't like. You watch it, and it sets like this. This pilot does exactly what you want a pilot to do, but it does it in the way that. If Ryan Johnson had made this into a feature film, there would only need to be about 40 more minutes 
and I know how the movie would would have ended. I know what would have happened, and it would have been brilliant. But he decides that he wants to make this a long, like he wants to draw this out and make it into a crime, like a a murder mystery of the week. Like basically, he wanted his oh he he wanted he looked at like what I love is that he looked at he he looked at fucking Tosh Leon and said, you know what, you're gonna be the next Rockford. Yeah, we're gonna make and, you Rockford. And that that's what it is. It is his yeah. love letter. So so they dropped four episodes at once. Which yes. we thought was a little weird. And I thought, oh well maybe the first four episodes are her dealing with the stuff with this casino, which mm-hmm. se- is set up in the first episode. That yeah. it's kind of the case because she goes on the run at the end of the first episode. And yeah, it's just does. about her being on the run. And I won't get into any spoilers for the four episodes. Mm-hmm. I am going to say that watching four episodes of this show at one time is a massive mistake. Okay. Like okay. how you're so doing I actually it, did it? Yeah. is the <laughs> right way to do it. Because, okay. like, it it does it, it would it would be like w- watching, um, uh, uh, Glass Onion, uh-huh. and then watching another version of Glass. Because the thing about these kinds of shows is they do kind of tend to be formulaic, right? Yes. Like that's the whole thing, you know. Murder She Wrote. If you watch 14 episodes of Murder, She Wrote, you're just going to be like, yeah, I don't remember what happened from one episode to somebody killed somebody and then Jessica solved it. Like that, that's, you know, it, it, the enjoyment is in watching the episode, maybe not in like reliving the episode and kind of seeing, or, or like, or like Columbo, like the, the enjoyment is watching Columbo, not the fucking show. You know, the enjoyment is in the mm-hmm. performance. And that's what this is. Like, mm-hmm. the mysteries aren't really... Like, watching them one on top of the other was not a good idea. Like, it didn't make okay. me, like, hate the show. But I was just like, oh, I should not have binged watched this. <laughs> like, by the fourth <laughs> episode, I was just like, uh, okay. Like, I, I should probably take a break. Um, and then I stopped at the beginning of the fourth episode and then came back to it and restarted it and enjoyed it more than when I was at the end of a four hour binge. Um, so I, I don't, anybody that's going to watch the show, don't, I, I don't think you should binge it. I really don't one episode at a time. Like, uh, you know, even if, if it's just a one day break in between episodes, yeah, mm-hmm. you did it the smart way. I I wish I had done it that way. Um, okay. Because by the fourth episode, her little the whole thing is built on this nuance of like she can tell if somebody's lying. It's lying. Yes. And Which just, is a great concept. It is. <laughs> it's yeah. just not something you can watch four hours of because like by the fourth episode, I was just like, okay, yeah, this person's lying and nah, nah, nah. and you just kind of lose the magic of it, you know, Okay. or the fun yeah. of it. So, um, but yeah, you, you only watched the first episode. Brody's great. Uh, Benjamin Bratt though, like he's good. Oh man. Like you, you were talking about like the patheticness of, uh, Adrian Brody's character mm-hmm. and, Like how you can kind of just see it And it's never really Like they kind of like walk around the edges of it 
Benjamin Bratt's like almost the opposite where I thought, I mean, he does do, do some incompetent stuff, but to like his uh, credit, like he's just following, like he's just doing what he's told to do. Like he, he has no, like he, you think he's kind of an idiot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's just the 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 hitman or the, the the muscle, and then like he's there's so much more nuance to what he's doing, um, that you don't really realize until she lays all the cards on the table and is like, I know what happened. This this is what happened, and mm-hmm. that's your dad calling, you know. And Benjamin Brad just starts laughing, you know. And like mocking Adrian Brody, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like this is not the relationship I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, and like so. What I like about it is that it's like what I like about that brat character is I think it's it's similar to what like you you're saying, which is is that you don't realize like it like what I like the. That what's been done in Johnson, like in this pilot, is that it's played like a game of poker because you're not really seeing everything. Like, you're like the way that it's told is very. I know that this is not a like the only way I know how to describe it that isn't like it's very Tarantino esque the way that it's 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 told, but you're never told that it's not it, it's a non linear story. And like you never say it never like flashes a card that says three days late uh, earlier. It literally just shifts through time frames in a way that it opens with something, it opens with an incident that happens, and then you get the replay and it brings you back to that incident, but it gives you all the context that you need. But it's like a poker game, yeah, where it's dispending out. It's like a, a game of uh, Texas Hold'em where. You get your first card, you get your second card, and it's only with the river that everything is revealed um, in a really kind of, like, satisfying way. It, you don't think so because it's kind of shambling. It's kind of like, oh, so it's going to be like this. It's going to be just, like, you know, kind of a vibe. But it's not because it's very acutely aware of the story it's telling. Um, and I, and- I, will, I will say this. Ev- that, that's the thing that kind of tripped me up in watching four episodes Mm-hmm. Every episode is that same formula. Whereas, like, Knives Out and Glass Onion are both murder mystery kind of funny-ish. The formula for each movie is a little different. The formula mm-hmm. for every episode of Poker Face, or at least the first four, is the same. You have the, the what you see in the first, which, uh, you know ends with the murder of a character and then the the end or the last three-fourths of it is like her kind of putting all the pieces together and how she fits into the puzzle um Mm -hmm. and so like repeating that formula four times in a row if it got it it was too much so um i think it's a great formula it just yeah you should not watch four hours of that. <laughs> I, I, I figured as much because, like, after we watched the first episode, we were like, whoo, that's that's a lot to take in. That is a lot to take in. So let's kind of, like, we were planning on, like, you know, watching it the next day. But then, like, like we talked about, like, uh, you know, like my business life 
like you know intruded intruded so um i could not watch all i could not watch a second one but i mean that's not to say that that it wasn't because i didn't want to it was because i wanted to make sure that i gave it its full attention because like you know like when i watched the like you know you know it's a good show when like you don't you don't do anything but watch the show like like and that's the thing is that like that's always like i don't i don't say this but like you know i will like you know i I, like like anybody i'll multitask um i'm not afraid of saying that with things that are maybe less interesting but i can always tell you that the seal of approval is for me when i just stop doing anything i stop doing stuff and i just am watching and with poker face and also with shrinking yeah. Was not on my phone. Was not doing anything else. Didn't stop it and go and do something and come back. Like I literally was there, locked and loaded, watching this stuff and not 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 pausing, not doing anything. I mean, even like the same thing with Night Court, like the third episode of Night Court. I mean, even though it's twenty minutes, you know, sometimes you just kind of like you look at something. Nope, not at all. Yep. Like the like when it ended, I literally texted you. Like that's like like I started it. And then when it ended, I literally texted you because like it was, you know, I just watched it all the way through. Um, uh, and so, so yeah, like I'm really like now that you, like you, like you talked about it a little bit more, it makes me even more excited for the slow roll for me, um, with this show, um, uh, with this, like, you know, with this, this kind of old concept, but done with a new, new coat, a new yeah. uh, paint of the coat. Um, I did like the kind of references to certain things. Um, like the whole, like there's a lot of Jim rock. For, there's a lot of Rockford files in this yeah. because of the, because of the. It feels very park. Rockford and Columbo. Like, yes. like this mixture. Cause she, she has a very Columbo, Columbo. kind of yes. delivery. Like, Hey, I did one more thing, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I, I know that, you know, she just has that delivery. Um, but yeah, her lifestyle is very Rockford-ish, um, you know, and now that like it at the end of the first episode, she basically just has to go on the run. Cause now the, the guy, she didn't want to piss off. She's pissed off and, pissed off. Yeah. you know, he's sending his man after her. So, um, the one thing I really can appreciate about the series is that it it's a little bit different from murder mystery shows in the past in that like up front you always know who the killer is like so far at least yes. like there's no mystery as to uh how they did it why they did it like it, it's very upfront in that this really is a, like a character study um, now that that might change, it might not change, but like mm-hmm. for the the episodes that I've seen, and like e- even with this first episode, you know from the jump, like that they're not good people. Like you're not like yeah. oh, you know, immediately you're just like well Benjamin Bratton, Adrian, Bro- Adrian Brody are the bad guys. <laughs> so you know, and this is all about how she's going to to deal with it so um there's some fun stuff coming i think i texted you like episode three uh the film okja is a huge plot point which is okay so so funny and and weird and like 
I, that's not. I, I've never seen Akja because huh? I know what it is, and I know huh? the people who have told me they've watched it are like, "Yeah, man, that movie changed my life." <laughs> and <laughs> so, you know, it made me rethink all the decisions <laughs> like I've made as a uh, um, uh, person who eats <laughs> anything. Yes. So. Um, it, it is, it's pretty fun. Um, uh, the, uh, fourth episode has the best product placement that I'm, I'm super shocked that they got away with it's subway, but really like, yeah. And it, it is so surprising, but subway, like for all the death, like, if you do a deep dive into like Subway, how shitty they are uh, as yes. a corporation, but like they always just seem to be down to like not be mocked, but just be part of things that are kind of unsavory <laughs> in mm-hmm. TV shows. <laughs> so, yes. Because um, I mean, it's a murder mystery show and it involves a Subway. So um, uh, that was kind of fun. Uh, the. The massive amount of actors, though, like that, that yes. just show up. It, it's it's so fun and surprising, and they all seem like down to to just play so far. So, uh, John Ratzenberger is in an episode, and uh, he he's just great, man. It's so good to see him do something that isn't just a version of Cliff Clavin. Yes, this is true. Like from. From uh, from pig to uh, from pig to house two, which is yeah. actually my favorite. Ratzenberger is house. Yeah, house two, two is house. so great. <laughs> he pulls the sword movie. out of the the yes. the toolbox. Uh, yes. John Hodgman shows up in in one of the first four episodes. Uh, He's Mr. a lot PC of fun. Himself? Yeah, uh, Mr. PC himself. Yeah, uh, Mr. PC himself. I I like Chloe Sabine. Um, shows up, uh, from what I understand. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, and you know, it's it's for her episode's pretty good. Like I, I really okay. I enjoyed her episode. What she might have been the fourth episode. Uh, the she third, is the, the fourth, fourth episode. Ep- okay, the third and the fourth episode. I got a little mixed up on because by the mm-hmm. third episode, I was just like, wait, I I'm kind of like, is it just going to be the same thing every time? <laughs> so, um. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's 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 a really good show, but like it's definitely one I I don't think anybody like feels weird to say don't binge the show, but like I know by the time this goes up, probably there's going to be five episodes out. So yep. it's just you know, even if you just watch one a day, like you know, yeah, just you give yourself that, some time. Yeah, the little breathing. Yeah. Room. So no, absolutely. She's she's great, man. Like she is just she is. Um, did, I want to be. Did you I watch be Russian Doll when I grow up. Yes. Oh, of course. Okay. Like, I mean, yeah. like, I'll I'll say it. Like, when I grow up, I want to be Natasha Leone. I want to be as cool as she. She's cool as fuck in the show. She's cool as fucking Russian dolls. Like, she's just, like, she's just cool as fuck. Like, I yeah. I cannot. Like, I like the vibe. I like what she's doing. I hope that we we have another twenty years of this of just her doing her thing. Like. She literally like like it didn't it didn't connect to me that she literally is like her persona is literally 
Columbo. Like she is like in real life, she is like that kind yeah. of um like you know Peter Falk esque kind of person. Like if they re if in twenty years they remade Princess Bride and instead of a boy, it's a girl and she has oh, yeah. grandma come 100%. over the hundred percent. Fucking, it better be Ryan Johnson adapting this shit or somebody of his caliber, and it better be Natasha Leone because that's what she is. Like, that's like her whole, all of her business I love because I love Columbo. So, like, the whole thing of like, where's my keys? Where's my keys? Yeah. And like grabbing all over the place. Like, like anything like that. Where are my sunglasses? Where's my beer? Like, all the stupid business, I'm very thankful that Ryan Johnson understood that that was what you want. Like, that's what you want from a Columbo-type character and just kind of, like, leaned into it. Like, every time with the beer, like, going to the, like, you know, you know the beer, opening it up. Always a tall boy, though. I and love the, that. And then they do the, the switch up where she's like, you know what? No, give me a coffee. But then coffee. she used to drink in beer, and so she drinks like six <laughs> coffees. And she's just like, da 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 And then also, like, I will say one more thing. Shout out to Noah Segan, who continues to be, yeah. like, you know, Ryan the, Johnson continues to know how to use him beautifully. The, it seems to be the only person that knows how to use this guy. I, I, yeah, I know. well, except for, except for like you've seen, have you seen his director uh, directorial effort, like his uh -uh. movie that he made with his wife, and it okay, so it's a it's a Shutter, it's on Shutter. Um, he, he directed a vampire movie where he plays a vampire that's having to deal with his daughter, like that he just figured, like he just found out. It's called Blood Relatives. Man, this 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 little movie—it's it's a little—it's a, little, a small-scale movie, but man, like if you love Noah Segan and you love what Noah Segan does in movies, um, this is like cool, but also like I have a daughter and I have to take care of her. Um, it was written and directed by him, so he understands everything that you're like everything that he can do, and it's just kind of a little bit of brilliance. Uh, so, like a side note, if you want to see. Like, it's like that whole old adage of, like, if you can't get it done, if somebody else can't do it for you, you have to do it yourself. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, like yeah, please watch that if you guys are No Segan fans, if you even know who No Segan is. I hope you guys do, because if you're listening to the show, obviously you probably are, like, you know, you're fans of us, so you probably have that kind of wheelhouse of us. And what we like, um, but yeah, Noah Segan man as sheriff. As the sheriff, does he come back in the show, or is it not, that she's not so, so on so the far. run? Okay. Yeah, she, she's was... so on the like she's so because she's in, uh, like outer Las Vegas or something when it starts. Yeah. So yes. like it, it it's like her traveling like through the Midwest towards Texas. So okay. by the. Okay. Second Fourth? or okay. third episode, she's in Texas. Oh so. no, it's second episode. I see the the plot. No, no, the third, okay. the third episode. I see the, I see the plot thing because she's at a she's a, and you know what? Yes, yeah, the third I'm, episode. Yeah, yeah. It, it she has she to takes do a job with, at a yeah, a barbecue place. Yeah, um, so, which, which is uh, where our job comes into play. <laughs> well, um, and also like like I love the fact that. Little Little Rel Howerly has been cast in the show. Like that's the kind of stuff I love from Ryan yeah. Johnson is that he'll take somebody like him or Batista, um, and 
give them a chance to shine within their wheelhouse and also outside of their wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like kind of it's kind of like it's kind of great like that Ryan Johnson is like I love that he showed like he's decided after Star Wars, I'm just gonna do what I want to do. Like I like I feel like out of that like was bore knives out and also poker poker face. And it's like almost like going back to the beginning. It was like, you know what? What made me love like he was like, you know, Brick and Brothers Bloom. Like if if he were to tell us right now that Glass Onion, Poker Face, the Brothers Bloom and um, and Brick all taking place in the same universe. I'd buy it 100 percent. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I, watching this, I kind of want to see like the like her. And Daniel Craig's uh, Benoit Blanc kind of <laughs> cross <laughs> into the crossover, right? Yeah, you know, it would be kind of like Matlock and Columbo like meeting, yep. you know. Um, oh, man. I guess Matlock's a lawyer, no, but like Columbo Rockford meeting um, a Hercule Perot. Yeah, because Daniel Craig is very of the Hercules yeah, Poirot he is kind Perot. of. Yeah, he is. Per, he's Perot, and like you know, it's like it's like super, like it's literally like Superman meeting Batman because they're yeah. so different, but within the same like you know context of detective, aka superhero. Like I couldn't even imagine. I could not imagine like the joy that would bring to like many people, yeah. including us. Like oh man, now it would that's be a all lot I want. of. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun to like get that special, special TV presentation of like those two characters meeting each other. You know, maybe three or four years down the line. So, yeah, um, another couple of seasons and another couple of movies of knives, uh, like the next Knives Out movie and the next couple of seasons yeah. of, of Poker Face. I, I hope this gets gets a pickup. Like, I hope it's not I, kind of dead in the water for them. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, they're they're like, and here's the other thing that I feel like elevates it is that the production value it's is so good, man. It's like, so good, and the editing, like Bob Doucet, who has been his editor uh, since the Brothers Bloom, who was who was the editor of the Mummy to bring it back to Brendan Fraser, <laughs> is. Like they're working at a next level, especially yeah. for a pilot. For a pilot, like this is amazing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, because of the non-linear nature and not being not telling people things and inferring things. Like, I don't know, man. It's a bit of brilliance all around. Um, but that production design, the way that it's it feels like Vegas. It feels yeah. like the memory of what I feel like Vegas was like for me. Um, I don't know. Have you been to Vegas? No, I've never been to Vegas. Okay. Um, if you really want to know what Vegas is, this is Vegas. This is kind of like that smoky, hazy, everything feels like it smells of like five day old cigarette and beer. Like that's like, I, I loved that aesthetic though. Um, at least in the opening episode, I, I take it that it's going to be like one of those kinds of show, like in the next three episodes, does it keep that kind of, working class kind of production yeah. design of like, okay, good, good. That makes me happy because I don't want something super spectacular. I like this down and dirtiness of this show. Um, because it harkens back to like the things that he said that he was referencing, including in a weird way. Like I was like, that makes sense. The incredible Hulk. 
it's because it's a, it's a road show, right? Week to yeah. week. Um, and she has a superpower. Um, one question I do have for you um, as we start to close up. Is the is the superpower used in unique ways, or is it just in the manner in which, like, oh, you're lying, so I know something's wrong. Let me go dig. It, that exact way, which which is part of the, if you binge it, it's monotonous thing. Is mm-hmm. because like you know that she knows when somebody's lying. She mm-hmm. like she gets a even if she doesn't call them out on it, she does get a look on their face. And what's worse is you know when they're lying because you've already seen the what's murder. happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it it doesn't have a, there's no guessing game to it, which okay. is the point of the show. I get that like they want to make a murder mystery show or, or where it's not so much about the mystery, it's just about her character and solving the mystery. Um Okay. So it that that can be a little much if you watch multiple episodes where you're like well she knows they're lying but like they don't know that she knows that they're lying lying. yeah so it's a whole thing um but uh yeah it's it's not you i don't think it's used uniquely beyond the first episode like it is kind of the same thing every time um the 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 kicker in the first episode is the dude knows that she can tell. Yes. And he still lies. Like you know, yeah. like if you believe her, then what then what's the point of even lying? You know? Um no, true. there there's a few things where you know she it's where they're not lying. Um and she she can tell that they're not lying, but it's it's a not lie, but not telling the truth thing. It's where you'll see it as it goes. Um, okay. But uh, it, overall, it's kind of just used the same way every time. Um, but, you know, the fun, it really is in the character itself. So. Okay. That she's encountering because it's all, it, it's the thing that I, I hope it sounds like is that it's, Let's go ahead and get an actor in here and let's make them as colorful as possible and let them do things like <laughs> there's an episode of Columbo. I don't know if you've ever seen it where Johnny Cash is in and it yeah. is by far possibly the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen because he calls him his little buddy. And you could tell that they're both kind of sloppily drunk, but proficient enough yeah. to do the work. That is just a bit of brilliance. And I'm not saying that anybody's going to be drunk as shit on the show, but what I'm saying is that there's a colorfulness to the, to the acting. And I hope that that's kind of what it is. It's like, come and play with us. Here's yeah. the stage. It, it does. It does feel like that, you know, okay. and, and it's kind of, you know, hopefully it, it catches fire. Like I, I really hope it does. Um, yeah, I I thought Russian Doll would, but like I you know, Netflix being what Netflix is, like I'm glad that she she has this. Although I guess we haven't officially gotten a no on Russian Doll season three. It's just more of a yeah. like eh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so, but, and and also from what I hear, it is really tough to write that show for them because yeah. of the fact of the the concept of it. Yeah, and the sh- they worked a long time on season two to to get it perfect 
yeah. um, from what I heard, like the pandemic was actually a good thing for that show. Yeah, it gave um, him a little more breathing room for the plot. So exactly, exactly. But I'm excited for this one. I really am. I'm gonna. We'll probably watch something tonight after, um, after the, the football pre Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Um, who are you going for? Are you going for Cincy or KC? I mean, we um, are, I already know that you're 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 gonna go for probably the Niners and and in Brock Purdy. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it would be kind of cool to see the Niners Chiefs in a, like, uh, throwback kind of Super Bowl. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't care about Philadelphia at all. Like, I, I Yeah, I know. So, I, know. it's it's kind of hard not to root for the Bengals, man. Like, I, I as a fellow, like, uh, like, fan of a team who always seems to be on the verge of almost getting there. It's kind of hard yeah. not to, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see Burrow. Like he's beat him twice this year. Yeah. Like, can you do it a third time, man? Like that's oh, really tough. <laughs> and he also beat, they also beat them in the, in the fucking, in the same game, in the championship yeah. game. Like, I don't know. I, but like if, if if Shiesty Joe goes to goes to the bowl this year, he has to win. He cannot be yeah. he cannot be another boomer. He cannot be another um uh um uh who else was uh Jim Kelly. He yeah. has to like he has to win it this year. Like I'm sorry, but Bro- Brock Purdy or Jalen Hurts aside, like like he if he goes, then he has to win. If he doesn't, then I don't know what happened. Like it's all talent and no clothes because Mahomes has done it. Um, like everybody in their early career has, has won one, right? Like, like of the big young guns, right? Um, Rogers did it like within his first two years, he did it. Brady did it. Um, and he wants, like, you can tell he has the swag of that kind of guy, yeah. but I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can have all the swag in the world, but if you don't win that game, if you don't win the final game of the season, um, like, you know, if you're getting beat by Matthew Stafford, like, as we, like, I love the Rams. I mean, I'm an L.A. guy, right? But we have seen this year what happened to the Rams. Like, yeah. they, like they fell they've apart, fallen man. apart. They fell apart. I mean, so much so that their championship team, which they only lost a few things, but you know, key injuries also kept them out. But I mean, here's the thing is that literally people were talking about McVeigh being fired after they yeah. took him to the Super Bowl one year later. Yeah. Like, and you're talking like, about firing the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, literally he has to go on and just basically go on to like, go on to like social media and national TV and go, I'm coming back. So you have no choice, but to keep him. It's yeah. Like, wow. Um, but if you folded so epically, on last Super Bowl, you better win this Super Bowl if you go, because then it's out, right? Then yeah. it's like Cincinnati has a reason to go. Well, you know what? You've been great, but you we went to Super Bowls and you didn't win. So why don't we hold off on that extension? Yeah, because we know that that's how it's going to go down. Yeah. So I mean, Mahomes and and Andy Reid, like you know, barring like multiple losing seasons, those dudes are not going anywhere. Like no, you know, they're not. They they're so. And Kelsey, we have yeah. to, we have to say that Kelsey is Kelsey is his Jerry Rice. Like yeah. if this is Joe Walsh as the head coach, and this is Montana, like if he's Montana or Steve Young or a combination of both, because 
Young couldn't, like, Montana couldn't move out of the pocket to save his life. Nope. But Young loved to go out of the pocket. Yeah. Then he's his Jerry Rice. And so, like, these these guys are not going anywhere. I mean, like, Mahomes is, like, what, 29? He's got another yeah. 10 years, at yeah. least. And, and um, you know, as long as... As long as he's satisfied in KC, like, I don't even know if it would be 100% about a paycheck. Like, now, if somebody's going to back a French truck up to his door, he'd probably, you know. But I, I just don't see Kansas City, like I said, barring multiple losing seasons, like, letting him go anywhere. Um, no. So, if they don't make it this year, like, it's not it's not the end of Mahomes' world. Um, but, yeah, it might be, like... It, you know, then you have Cincinnati. Like, if they don't go all the way this year and win it, you're you're looking at people back on the like, yep, Bengals just they they can't close, man. They've never been able to close, you know. And uh, you know, I I don't I, I think Joe Burrow's great. Like, I, I mean, he looks fantastic, and it would be kind of cool to see, uh, you know, uh, Mister Irrelevant in San Francisco. Which, I mean, he truly is. Like, it's the yeah. fucking third-string quarterback, literal last pick of the draft. And not saying he doesn't have talent, but, like, he's playing with a fucking stacked deck. Like He really is. You know, a like, defense that, that's just been incredible. And an offense, offensive line especially, that's just doing work that, that – you know <laughs> that makes Brady jealous because, like, hey, you used to have those kind of tools when, when yeah. you played in New England, and now you don't, man. And you see that you're not the be all end all. So well, that it wasn't then, just you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're playing positionless football. How the fuck are they doing that? Like, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's it, it it pisses me off. Because this is the fucking dude that was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons in the Super Bowl. And yep. they fucking lost because I don't think his head was in that game. His head was in, I'm going to be the coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And yep. good for him, man. But you could have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> so, yep. you, you know. You could have won your, like, and it's almost a curse. Like, you know, it's like when you do that kind of stuff, it's almost a curse. So you almost feel like, and, and I know like, like us NFL people are very weird about those things like curses and, and yeah. weird things that happen and karma coming back. But you know what? You see it and then you realize that it happens and you go, wow. Like, I mean, think about it. Like what happens? Like, like every year they've like, you know, every year they've been a, like, they've been a contender and we've mm -hmm. all been scared of the Niners. But at the end of the day, they haven't been able to do it. So, yep. so I, I think 49ers Binger, Bengals is probably the most interesting matchup for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of that. Because you then have two teams. Like, one of them has to win. Yes. So, but you have two teams that have been, you know, right at that door for the last few years and not been able to seal the deal. Which one is going to be able to do it? If you have Philly versus uh, the Bengals, like, I don't know. It's just like, then I'm just really rooting for the Bengals. Um, yeah, because the Eagles have already won it a couple of yeah. years ago. It doesn't matter. And then you if know? you have Mahomes and the Eagles in there, it's, it's like, okay, well, I mean, I'm pulling for Mahomes anyway, but yeah. I like 
and, and Andy Reid because nobody in the fucking NFL deserves to win more Super Bowls than Andy Reid. Like the dude toiled in Philly. Like that. That's a that's a pretty good story. Him beating Philly. Yeah. You know they drove him out of town. Um, you know he he shouldered the blame for a lot of shit that went on in in that organization that had nothing to do with him. Uh, yes. Him and um, what's his name, the quarterback. Uh, McMahon was it McMahon? Yeah, it was McMahon, wasn't it? Uh, oh no, no, it wasn't McMahon. Jeez, I can't even remember who it was. But I mean, well, like Philly is known to blame. Like, I mean, in yeah. every sports team, they're yeah. known to blame coaches and players and reject. Like Philly's a tough place to play. Like, yeah. I would not want. Like, if I was a player, I would not I'd want to play for the 76ers. I would not want to play for the fucking Eagles. And I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't want to play for Philly. McNabb. For, for, That's his name. Donovan yeah, McNabb. Donovan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm pulling for anybody but the Eagles, you know. I, I do think the most interesting matchup is going to be San Francisco and the Bengals. Like, uh, that's, yeah. that's the one I want to see, so. Okay. I, I can... I could go with that one. Um, I mean, like, like you said, like you kind of, you, you kind of set it all up so that like, you know, it's perfectly what, what I would say, um, it, like of interest. Yeah. I definitely like my Super Bowl right now is the, is the repeat of, because this has definitely become a rivalry now um, the KC Cincy game like that to me, like tonight, I mean like NFL knew as soon as that happened, that's the late game. Yeah. That's the one that we all want to see. I mean, you know, can, it's going to be another can snowball. Joe Burrow beat the Chiefs beat, beat, three times in yeah. one fucking season. <laughs> and the answer is probably looking like a likely because because Mahomes got a high high ankle sprain yeah. um, that he's going to play through. Which I'm seriously, I like. Okay, well, I guess. I mean, it's you know, do or die, though, right? Like, yeah, like I, I'm not that he's that they can do it without him. They can. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, if you if you do it without him and he's healthy for the Super Bowl, that's great. But on the off chance that like he's gonna be the key here, like, and you can't, like, you're you're not confident that you will absolutely win without him. You gotta let him play, right? If he wants to play, yeah. like, you know. But then you're risking like further injury. If you do win, even if you win and he's completely injured in, and out in the Super Bowl, then it, like it, it's just a very tough decision. And I, I mean, I don't disagree because it's not a concussion protocol thing. I don't disagree no. that it is like Mahomes decision, like it's yeah. his decision to play. Now, the minute. He can't stand upright in the pocket or scramble just a little bit when he needs to, then yeah, you gotta pull him, you know, because then you're just hurting yourself. But if he can hobble around out there and make plays happen and not get, you know, completely banged up again, then you gotta let him play. You know, it's gotta be his decision, you know, even if it costs you in the long run. Um, but yeah, that's that's a tough call, man. Like I, I do not envy Andy Reid there because, nope. you know, like we want to go back, we want to win it, but like we can't go back and win it. You know, can we beat the Bengals 
without him because they've already beat us twice with him. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, well, and, and that's the thing is that like I don't like yeah, it's going to be very interesting what happens and like it really is it really yeah. is anybody's game and that's kind of and that's kind of like the best part about football oh yeah. like especially when it gets into here when you have this level of talent and they're both like hitting on all cylinders so we shall we shall see and again this ends uh, this yeah. ends uh, logan's <laughs> logan and adam's football podcast <laughs> which will be coming in 2023 for the 2023 <laughs> nfl season <laughs> um oh. don't worry guys championship couple of weeks is the super bowl you won't have to hear us talk football for quite a while <laughs> exactly unless, unless we talk the xfl or the usfl <laughs> <laughs> which that is true. I don't know if I'll be watching either one, but I might tune in here or there just to see what it's like. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, if it, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if it becomes like the rocks, uh, like WWE, then I might, I might tune in, but yeah, yeah. Um, because he's a part owner of the XFL, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the XFL. So, but with that, um, <laughs> where, where are, uh, where can people find you this week? Uh, go check out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com, especially our new Ted Lasso podcast, Pod Lasso. Um, we're having a lot of fun revisiting uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, it's just such a good show. I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, uh, shrinking at some point. So uh, probably yes. some more deep dive stuff uh, when we get to the end of season two of Ted Lasso, if we don't have season three by then. So go check all that out, xwingfiles.com, and go write and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you downloaded it. Absolutely. You can reach uh, Logan's written work. There's a new issue, volume, whatever you'd like to call it, of um, his continuing. I think I have already mentioned, but I wanted to give it the full breath it deserves. So that's posting this Friday um, about a very specific, we already talked about it, with a flight of the navigator. In yep. And then I'm almost done with one on the breakfast club. Oh, oh. So if you know 80s, Logan, 80s classics. <laughs> yes. If you know, if you know, Logan, you know that that one's super special. So I can't re- wait to read that one. I'll have to bring out my criterion disc and watch it just, just to refresh, even though I've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. But um, you can read my written content there also on themovieisle.com where, you know, I'm, I like I, I told Logan, I've been working some, I've been working some pretty big things. So you're going to see a bunch of content this week, coming up week, uh, written reviews on a bunch of um, home video titles. Uh, so I hope that you guys enjoy that. But with that, um, we will be back next week. What are we talking about next week? Are we talking about anything major? Uh, I don't know. Is anything... I don't think there's anything coming. I mean, Ant Man's in a couple of weeks. Weeks, but yeah. I, I don't, I don't see anything on the radar. We'll have to discuss it throughout the week and maybe come up with uh, something. Oh, to the, talk about. Uh, the 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 Shyamalan movie and Eighty for Brady. I'm not going to see Eighty for Brady. I'm so, not. You know, I lived it in real life. I'm not going to yes. pay money to watch him beat the Falcons again on the big screen. <laughs> so. No. <laughs> With having a bunch of old ladies like root for him and Gronk and no, 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 no. Yeah. No. Um, but 
uh, but Knock at the Cabin is out. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go see it, but maybe it's worth a discussion about uh, Shyamalan's like career because we've never actually talked about the dude. Yeah, um, but that's, who knows? Maybe. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I haven't I haven't rewatched <laughs> any of those movies in a while, so uh, I might might can spend the week revisiting or watching some stuff that I haven't seen. So um, yeah, that might be worth the discussion. So. So yeah, maybe M Night Shyamalan stuff. Lots of spoilers next week then, because you know all his, all his movies are what a twist. So <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is very true. Uh, um, all right. Well, you guys can touch on social media. Adam underscore Kautzer, and then Logan is Deadpool D E D P O O L one nine seven nine. As I, you know. And with that, guys, go follow us on Twitter. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But they're all sold out. See it all together if you're with me now.